It's six o'clock, I'm Jessica Cooper. The headlines, Penn School won't reopen, claims homelessness in Milton Keynes is greatly underestimated and new free schools announced for the three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. The fight to save Penn School near High Wycombe in Buckinghamshire has been lost. Parents were hoping a buyer would be found to keep the special school open. It went into administration in July, just two weeks before the end of term. Our reporter Catherine Boyle has been following this story. Parents tried to raise a million pounds to keep the school open for almost 80 deaf and autistic children who attended. Since its closure, they've been struggling to find suitable school places elsewhere. Some have waited in the hope that the school will reopen. The administrators, Deloitte, confirmed yesterday evening that they've not been able to secure a viable offer for the school as a going concern. A Milton Keynes charity claims the homelessness problem in the town is being greatly underestimated. The council believes there are 24 confirmed rough sleepers, but Help Our Homeless MK says it's near 150. Nicola Hassler reports. Connor Edwards, who uses a wheelchair, was living in a bin cupboard in Milton Keynes. He says because he's a single man, the council didn't consider him a priority for housing. Janet Paddison from Luton is being housed with her four-year-old daughter in a hotel in Milton Keynes, but she's due to start school in Luton this week. And 19-year-old Abby Reynolds is 28 weeks pregnant but sofa surfing because the council can't find her a home anywhere near where she lives. NHS staff are to be offered health checks to try to cut absence rates. Staff sickness is thought to cost the NHS in England almost £2.5 billion a year. The BBC has learned that the government will announce significant changes today to its proposed rules for the referendum on Britain's membership of the European Union. Many Conservative MPs have complained that plans to suspend laws stopping ministers using public money to campaign in the final month of a referendum would make the poll unfair. Three new free schools for the three counties have been approved by the government. They include a new secondary school for Luton and several primary schools in Hertfordshire. Our political reporter Paul Scoynes has more. St Anne's High School for Girls will open in Luton in 2017 and take 750 students when full, specialising in sciences, technology, engineering and maths. Two religious schools are planned for Hertfordshire, the Hearts International Christian School in Wellington City, taking 634 to 11-year-olds, and the Jewish Yavne Primary School in Boreham Wood, set up by the Yavne College Academy. The three schools are among 18 being announced across the country by the Department for Education. In sport, Luton Town are through to the second round of the Johnson's Paint Trophy after last night's 2-1 home win against Leighton Orient. Danny Green opened the scoring in the first half with a late goal from Stephen O'Donnell. And the weather, some sunny spells this morning with scattered showers developing later, some heavy showers with the risk of thunder, highs of 18 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. Milk and sugar, bread and jam Yes, please 
cups and cakes I'm so full my tummy aches How sad it must end But I'm glad I'd a friend Sharing cups and cakes with me And cakes with me Residing in the Where Are They Now files... 03459 455 555 Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio I've got, I've got, I've got a What's the Story Morning Glory for us to play So I've actually looked at the papers today The guy at the paper boy did a hit and run Instead of, you know, I don't know ringing the doorbell and letting us know he was there he just kind of snuck up ninja style dropped his load and then scooted off and, he, and he, the reason he did that, he was late. That's why he did it. It was late. Speaking of ninjas, um, my boy boys weren't very well yesterday, so I bought some comics, you know, to kind of shut them up. And one of them, I mean, <laughs> hang on a second. I mean, let's let's um, let's let's just get this out of the way. Here we go. Hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. So. One of them was a comic called Toxic. Oh. Now, I'd not read... All I knew was it had a picture of a minion on the front. Yeah. And it had some free stuff on the front. That's all I knew, right? It's That's called Toxic. Like all magazines at the moment. And it was, um, it was... The first story was about a guy who kept farting. And the second story was a guy who kept farting. And then someone was hassling him, so he zapped him with his earwax. Oh. It was horrible. I think I've read that. And then the next comic... I, it was like it was a Lego comic, right? And um, it showed my boy how to turn his T-shirt into a ninja top, into a ninja mask. That was actually quite That's cool. That's quite cool. I'd like to read that. I can show you how to do it. Can you bring it in? No, just take your top off and I'll show you. <laughs> why, why are you laughing, Giza? Straight in there. Love it. I don't know why you're freestyling with magazines anyway. You want to go Beano. No, no, no. Yeah, no. Beano. No, the thing about the Beano, and I'm going to say is this Is you don't again. get any free gifts. No, Just no, no. read it, kid. No, no, no. I think about the Beano. I used to read the Beano. I used to read mm. the Beano and the Dandy. I signed up to all the, the clubs, got the annual. I thought it meant, annual meant it took a year to read, and I was like chuffed when I'd read it by Christmas afternoon. <laughs> think about the Beano and the Dandy, <laughs> and I'm going to say it, they were a load of old cud. They no. were They were rubbish. No. Nothing happened. It wasn't until Oink came along that I went, oh, the jokes in comics can actually be funny. You read those jokes in the Beano and the Dandy, you go, oh, that's a joke. No, that's a joke. Yeah. Oh, that's a joke. You read, you read yeah, them you in Oik, you went, oh, oh, yes. You know you're not its target audience anymore. No, even when I was a kid. I was never sucking into thinking that the Beano and the Dandy oh, were any good. My seven-year-old loves the Beano. She keeps her quiet for about, oh, two minutes while she reads it. It's very thin now. What's that? You're, you're miming a drug cigarette there, Kelly. Can I ask why? Uh, Walter the Softy. Softy Walter. It's just... You never read comics. You're no, probably no, reading um, no. Roy the Rovers. Football magazines, mate, and football programmes. This is where hey, you've missed out. I hope you had a really good deadline day yesterday. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah. Sadly... Don't were... have to go any further. OK. Right. It's literally all I... I was going to say. No, that's it. Just one thing? No. All right. OK. Oh, I want to know. No, you can have it off air. Do you know what I wish they would do? Deadline day for radio stations. We could all sort of start pacing around well, seeing if anyone else is going to nab us. Well, because I'm I, open. I've just had my de- <laughs> I've just had my deadline day, and let's just say you know, signature that the ink is still fresh. Ooh. Hello, you're Sorry. right. Yeah, I'm right. That's yeah. the chair that um, collapses. Oh, thanks. I tell you what I'm going to do, just. Yeah. Oh no, we, we, let's do this because we're, we're whatever we're, you want. I, I, whatever you. Hey, you got um, 
Squeeze coming on today. Yeah, Glenn Tilbrook. Glenn Legend. Tilbrook from Squeeze coming on. Half past eight. Very excited. The new Squeeze single, Thank God is Good. Because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's always that thing when you play a new single from someone and you think, oh, flip it. This is great. Be... So tell us more about the song. It's good. It's a good song. Good, and then this afternoon, and I'm not saying on air, but I'm interviewing a rock and roll legend. Are you? More, more hits than the Beatles. Uh... Wow. Yeah, I know. I thought you were going to say Clem Coutini, the <laughs> drummer. That's no. a great question. He's had more number ones yeah. than the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and Buddy Holly put together. You're Moses. thinking literal hits. Yeah. Good, good work. OK, I'm going to turn your fader off now. Going to keep yours open. Thank you. No, I'm going to turn it off, actually. I'm going to keep yours open. <laughs> Thanks, boss. You're very, very welcome. Now, seven weeks ago, the parents of a group of deaf and autistic children were told it would probably be wise to look for somewhere else for their kids to go to school. Administrators had moved in to sell Penn School, and the hope was that parents could raise enough money to buy it, at least in the short term. Well, that didn't work out. So, with no word at all from the trustees, can we do what I like to do, uh, Catherine? Can we get a, get the list of all the trustees, just so we can um, just say these are the people sure, who didn't yeah. who didn't want to come on the air and talk to us, or didn't want to meet any of the parents and talk to them? I think I'll tell you nice. what, I, I will phone them this morning. Give, give them a call. See if they give us a statement. Mm. Um, the trustees who ran the school uh, families could only wait for the administrators to go through various pop- possible deals with the companies. Well, it's bad news, Justin. Uh, we got an email last night. Tell us about it. Yeah, uh, this was an email that was sent to us by one of the parents fighting to save the school. That person forwarded us the email. It was sent by Deloitte, the administrators. Uh, The administrator said, we are unfortunately not able to secure a viable offer for the school as an ongoing concern. Now, they say as well they will be issuing a full press release this morning to the media, but that's it. So now the school will be sold to the highest bidder. Penn School is unfortunately no more. Um, When I found out about this last night, I was, I'll be honest with you, uh, we're meant to be impartial, but I was absolutely gutted. It's been, been they've been giving us the runaround. Mm -hmm. Uh, The families have had a tough time haven't they absolutely um you know 60 children were due to be going there in september which of course is is now um a lot of them were hanging on so you know according to our figures around 40 of those children we believe still haven't got a place for them to go to school some teachers well t- all the teachers lost their jobs some yep. have lost their homes as well because some lived on site didn't they some of the they carers. did and of course you know at the time uh, we spoke to parents live outside the school on the last day of term they were told well if you go and take another job and penn school reopens you could be in breach of contract as well. We were told that on the actual morning. Brilliant. So, you know, it's been a horrible experience well, for guys. them because they loved working there at the school. They loved the children as well. And of course, the Penn School will be no more. OK, well, you, if you put in a call to the trustees later on, we'll get the list of the names of all the trustees mm. who have refused to speak to us so far, refused to speak to the parents, refused to look them in the eye. Uh, mm. But you had an email from the administrators a couple of weeks ago yep. that you were keeping confidential, but you yep. can tell us what that email said. Yeah, we can now. Um, I went to a meeting with uh, the parents. I managed to get into that meeting again with Deloitte, the administrator. And he said to me, look, we've got confidential information here. You shouldn't be at this meeting, uh, even though the parents invited me. Uh, they want to be there. So I said, look, OK, let's stick to the deal here. We'll keep this confidential. But what happened was that they had six interested parties to buy the school. Yep. That then went down to one. And they were hopeful of a deal, but what 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 they were hoping was going to happen was that business, a commercial business, yeah. would have had to have been turned into a charity right. to have bought the school at a lower rate. Okay. So they were hoping to do that deal. That was the last offer on the table. That was the last chance saloon. That, unfortunately, for whatever reason we don't know, hasn't worked out. Have you got those the trustees' names, Catherine? No, I'm finding it really hard to. I hope he's not been taken off. I'll, I'll keep looking. Have a look. Have a look. We'll read out the names. Justin, if you could put in a phone call, that would be awesome. Terrible yeah. news. 
terrible news. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Dog night. Shambhala. <laughs> Shambhala. That's a, a song they recorded in between uh, doing um, um, massive amounts of cocaine. Oh yeah, those guys. Those guys. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Let's get the Trav. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hartford on the A10, there is, the road has been closed between the A414 at Hartford and the Huddersfield Roundabout because there are some horses in the road. On the A505 Fish Ponds Road in Hitchin, that's closed in both directions while roadworks go on between Bedford Road and Beerton Avenue. And on the motorways, it's all moving fine so far. On the M1, though, there are roadworks between Junction 12 for Flitwick and 11 for Dunstable, so expect queues there when it starts to get busier. On the 634 train from Luton to Sutton, it's been delayed because of some signalling problems near Wimbledon. Samantha the breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, loving it, Sammy. Loving it. I am. Um, oh, I didn't. I didn't listen. 
but the vibe that was was she was emanating mm, sexy lady emanating such a vibe <laughs> if that's not a song if that's not a lyric from a song about sexy lady emanating vibes then man alive I'm going to build a time machine go back to 1973 and get funky now that's what's going to happen These are the headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. After weeks of uncertainty, it's been confirmed that Penn School near High Wycombe won't be reopening. And a Milton Keynes charity claims the homelessness problem in the town is being greatly underestimated. If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. So we're now in 1996. The Stone Roses get back together to headline the festival. They end up playing their worst gig of all time. But there is a way you can hear it all again. Warning, you are losing vast days of your life to the after effects of heavy drinking. bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. You've been crowned the first ever World Masters champion in the over 80s category for the Scottish Highlander Games. That's right, yes. Allowing you to listen to what you missed. What a way to open a theatrical hour here on BBC Three Counties Radio. bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. What a mix of voices. Broken Britain. 
After that, need to calm down though. Got a guest on the line. Aylesbury Vale District Council is hoping to become the first council in the country to launch its own online community lottery. The weekly draw could maze, uh, raise money uh, for local groups with a jackpot of up to 20 grand. I'll have me some of that, please. Jane Mather is chair of Homestart Aylesbury, which is considering signing up to the Vale lottery. She joins me now. Morning, Jane. Good morning. How does this work? It's a, the, the, explain the, 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 the thinking behind this. Uh, well, obviously, I can't represent uh, Ellsbyville District Council, but my understanding of how it works is they will set up um, the whole infrastructure, yeah. and charities are able to um, benefit in two ways. They could either sign up to run their own lottery, or they will also run the lottery, and then money that they raise will then go to good causes. So there'll be a big pot that will then be distributed amongst the others. So there's, I, I understand there's two ways that local... Uh, charities like ourselves could benefit. And you're, we'll find out more about what Homestart Ellsbury does in a second, but you're, you're, you're considering this, you, you've looked at the figures and this looks like a viable fundraising method, does it? Uh, well, there aren't any figures out at oh. the moment uh, in terms of what uh, we would need to do. Um, it's very early days and I understand that it's not going to be agreed until the 9th of September. But in principle, it sounds like a really creative way for a local authority to support local charities when budgets are being cut every which way, as we all know. Um, so we're certainly supportive of the, the Vale looking into this. Um, and yes, if, if my board think it's a good idea and all the details come out, we may well sign up for it. And it's legit, is it, Jane? Because yesterday in the meeting there were some people were, were saying that this sounds like a pyramid scheme. But that doesn't make sense because this isn't how a pyramid scheme works, is it? Uh, no, I mean, I, I didn't actually see the debate myself, um, but my understanding is that uh, it, it's run by a, a separate company um, and the majority of the money that is raised actually goes to charity. So I, I understand that it's about 58 pence in each pound, um, which is greater than the national lottery, which I understand is about 24 pence in a pound. And something how, like that, if I've got my figures right. I, I think those, they sound like what I saw yesterday. How difficult is it um, for a charity, a smaller charity, that isn't one of the, you know, the NSPCC or the WWF, for a smaller charity like yourselves to raise money and to stand out? Oh, it's, it's really tough, Ian. I mean, we uh, ourselves are mainly run by volunteers. We only have two members of staff. And if they spend any time supporting fundraising, then they can't support the families that were there to actually 
provide a service to. So the fundraising mainly falls on the trustees who are all part-time. A lot of us work as well as provide time free for the uh, for the charity. Um, and as I'm sure you're aware, people's pockets are you know they're not can't be as generous as they used to be, um, and there aren't the other sources around. So for example, local authorities themselves don't have the funds. So it is really tough out there, particularly for small charities. And what does Homestar Ellsbury do? How do, how do you help people? Um, we work in the just the Aylesbury Vale area and we provide volunteers to families within that area who need support that are going through very difficult times and the support that we provide is actually unique in that it's into their own homes. Um, a volunteer will go in for a few hours a week and although it doesn't sound very much, um, they're able to provide families who perhaps um, have got twins, a mother may be suffering from postnatal depression, uh, disability, coming to terms with the diagnosis for themselves or somebody in the family. And we help them really sort of come to terms with what are life-changing um, uh, things that have happened to them, but uh, help them get back on their feet and, and really sort of get to cope with what, what's going to go on. And what's the website, Jane, if people want to find out more? Uh, if they just um, go on to a very well-known uh, <laughs> Uh, search engine then if they just put Homestar Ellsbury in we'll, we'll come up top of the search Brilliant, okay Jane, thank you very much indeed if you, uh, if you ask Jeeves about Homestar Ellsbury or Google, I'm being flippant um, then uh, it sounds like they do excellent work Jane, thank you very much indeed <laughs> Whoa That started suddenly number for Channel 5. I've just come up with a show title that I can't say on the radio. Mm. They would probably do it. Lesbians and asbians. No, stop it. Okie dokie. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
In Hartford, the A10 is closed in both directions between the A414 at Hartford and the A10 at the Hardiston roundabout. That's because of some horses that are in the road. In Aylesbury on the A41 Gatehouse Road, there's roadworks at Gatehouse Way, so that might cause some delays later. And in Chalfont St. Peter on the A413, there's roadworks at the junction for Mixbourne Avenue, so that is also likely to get busy when it starts to get into the morning rush. On the motorways, the M11 northbound has a lane blocked because the bus has broken down at junction 6 for the M25 to 7 for Harlow. And on the train departure boards, there are no major delays at the moment. Smart the breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. So Adam is, um, uh, is, is, is Ian. I'm listening out. I'm trying out. Oh, he's trying us out. Oh. I'm trying out the rabbit hole live. What do you? Uh, what? This must be uh, what I believe is is called a typo. What do you take to be so lovely in the morning? Does he mean lively? I. He would have to mean. He would have to mean lively, wouldn't he? Lonely. Well, <laughs> very, lo- very low. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Jessica Cooper. Administrators have failed to find a buyer for Penn School in Buckinghamshire after weeks of uncertainty for parents, staff and students. Parents have been trying to raise a million pounds to keep the school open for almost 80 deaf and autistic children who attend. A Milton Keynes charity says the scale of the homeless problem in the town is being greatly underestimated. Help Our Homeless MK says there are close to 150 homeless people in the area, although the council says there are just 24 confirmed rough sleepers. NHS workers in England are to be offered a range of health checks in a bid to reduce sickness and its related costs. The chief executive of NHS England has said more must be done to support the health of the workforce. And three new free schools for the three counties have been approved by the government, including a new secondary school in Luton and religious schools in Welling Garden City and Boreham Wood. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton Town are through to the second round of the Johnston's Paint Trophy after last night's 2-1 home win against Leighton Orient. Danny Green opened the scoring in the first half with a late goal from Stephen O'Donnell and the Hatters' assistant manager Terry Harris was delighted with the performance. I thought we played ever so well tonight, to be fair. We uh, just, uh, I thought we kept our ball retention was very good tonight. I think we kept the ball a lot better than we have done. Maybe well, because we pushed uh, Luke Guthrie's behind the front man and, and had the two up high as well. We kept the ball a lot better, I didn't give the ball away as much as we did and uh, was solid at the back as well. It was a busy transfer deadline day for Watford yesterday. Jeff Doyle has the details. Young Belgium under-21 international striker Obi Uller signed a five-year deal from Bruges. Midfielder Adeline Guardiola agreed a three-year deal from Crystal Palace after two loan spells last year. And Colombian international forward Victor Ibarbo signed a season-long loan from Roma. Matej Vidra, Gabriel Angela and Miguel Leun all left on season-long transfers to Reading, QPR and Porto respectively. Andy Murray is through to the second round of the US Open, beating the Australian Nick Kyrgios three three sets to one. Murray goes on to face Frenchman Adrian Marino in round two on Thursday. And in boxing, the WBO World Middleweight title challenge between Hatfield's Billy Joe Saunders and Andy Lee on Saturday the 10th of October has been postponed after Saunders received a cut eye in sparring. Saunders says he's frustrated that the fight has to be delayed again, but there's nothing he can do. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at seven. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
I meant to play. That's Kelly. Great to have you back, by the way. Thanks, player. Really, if you missed, okay, let's do this seriously. While I'm going to do this now, Kelly, um, and I'll tell you why I'm going to do it now after I've done it. Well, Kelly, it's Betts, half past six, and I was listening. That was the reason. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kelly Betts did a show on Bank Holiday Monday, six o'clock. You can listen again on the iPlayer. We'd really like good. to apologise for that. No, it, it was not good. That? Oh, we usually no, start. It was, I was in bed. That way. I was in bed um, at eleven past six on Bank Holiday Monday, listening to boring Radio Four, being boring about boring news. Probably talking about I don't know war or something. And I thought I was on Twitter. And I thought, oh, for um, uh, Kelly Betts' radio show's on, isn't it? I go and listen. To that. I was just like, oh, that good music. How good music. What about the talking bits? Yeah. So, if you want to listen to it, uh, the BBC iPlayer function, I don't know what the I stands for. Information technology. And you can listen to it and it says, I've got music. I've got music. It's got music. Thank you for that face. uh, For saying it all really quick (laughs) when no one is listening. You're very welcome, Kelly. Did you hear her, Justin? I heard about, uh, well, uh, two or three minutes. and well, that uh, much, wh- huh? Before <laughs> no, 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 off. Great, that, great that much. Great <laughs> No, I heard about two or three minutes, and what I heard I thought was very, very good. Which bit did you hear? Was it a songy bit or a talky bit? I heard a bit of both. I heard uh, the jam going underground. I heard Kelly saying, here's the jam, and going underground. And, and then it she was. Played, and it was. And then she played this really weird record by the Kinks, which I have to say I absolutely love. So fair play to Kelly Betts. Well done. Paranoia, the destroyer by the Kinks. I'm gonna say Tune. from I can't remember if it's, it's I'm gonna say 1978, 1982. <gasps> think, oh, if you think, vi- think visual. If you really listened. Think you visual. Know. 1982 <laughs> then. Well, you didn't say what year the song was from. Yeah, you I said did. What, no, you didn't. Yeah. 82 yeah. then. Yeah. yeah. 82. No. no. Four. What? Hang on a minute, Justin. I'm just saying numbers to a, yeah, a, a okay, short girl. <laughs> 84. <laughs> you don't remember? You're googling it. Look. No, I'm, I'm looking back through what I did. I've got something you can look back through. Justin, I was going to say what she should have said was, "This is the Kinks from the Come Dancing era. Let's take you back to the 80s." Well, Justin, that's how you do it. Yeah. Anyway, listen, we're here for this. Oh, three. Welcome down the rabbit hole, guys. For for the, you know, we're going to at least we're going to push this for the next few months at least until I. 1981. Oh, so I was right. So pre uh, pre Come Dancing. Because you said three. Pre pre Come Dancing. That was 84, mate. So. This is the part of the... Swap that chair, because that's the chair I had. Yeah, I know. This is the part of the show where I read a headline and you have to try and tell me what the story is. You have to tell me, what's the story, Morning Glory? Yeah. Perv cop sting trap. Oh. Oh, no, hang on, that's the wrong one. That's about um, (laughs) a a paedophile police officer. No. Okay, here we go. Bowel movement. Bowel movement. Now... Tell you now, there's so much in this story. The main thrust of oh, this story is do you know it? I think I do. All right, stay there then. Kelly Betts, you come in first. I was just thinking, please don't go to me first. Wow, that's weird because I came to you first. I know. Deal with it. Trippy. Mm. Bowel movement. Bowel movement. Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five, if you want to play along. It's about a guy called Jack. Bowel. Oh, I like the name. Like Jack Bauer. For 24. 24. I've got for a 24. <laughs> Who? That's a number two and a number four. Is starting a, a protest. Yep. Oh, yeah. Against mm. outside toilets Ooh. by. Uh, da, 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 da. Weeing. Ouch. 
in the street. Wowzers. Okay. Um, Alone. Let's, let's see. Uh, is that your final answer? Yeah, why not? Oh. Oh, I'm afraid. Where did they all come from? Oh, just man. walked in and started doing They this. are not happy with that. Let's go to Justin Daly. Justin? Yeah, I think I got this movement. one. The show's getting way too slick for my liking. Um, I think this is about a man who... Wait, uh, is his name Jack Bowell? Because I've kind of just... <laughs> Jack Bowell is not involved in this feature today. <laughs> OK. This is, I think, about a man who does rude noises so powerful that oh. they can move they can move, move from town to town <laughs> they are that powerful what do you mean they can they move can from move town to town what does that mean to me i don't know what that well, means let, let's just like say right car. now that yeah, no hang on let, let, let's just say right now that i wasn't feeling very well and i'm in dunstable and that smell could travel to say oh. luton do you get it bowel movement okay okay so the the smell Moved. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's. Uh, let's see what the uh, audience think. Oh. Yeah, booing is, and hissing. Is this Catherine. about the girl who was in the toilet? Ladies and gentlemen, we could be. Uh, we could be onto something here. It's a toilet. It wasn't just a toilet. It was a porta potty. Yeah. And um, as she was doing. How do you know this? Was this you? No. Okay. Um, I don't do um, camping. You know this. Okay. So I think it was a festival or something anyway. So she decided to go. Those porta potties are, you know, they're convenient and everything and, you know, better than a bush. So she goes in there and she's um, so engrossed in her uh, toileting, she doesn't realise that while she is sitting on it. Um, she's what? Sitting on it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> outside, the toilet's been lifted and moved to another part of the site. It's like. It's like. <laughs> It's like God playing those grabber things in the front of the arcade. Yeah, so someone she... lifted up the portable toilet on a crane. So she finishes, she finishes, cleans up, comes out and thinks, "Hang on a minute, this isn't where I started." Well, the story is. Let's, by the way, let's just um, let's just ask the audience. What that they, is uh... great. Congratulations, Catherine. That's for reading the papers. Got it correct. Um, it, it, but it says here a woman was quote teleported yeah, I know. across a harbour in a portable loo when it was moved. That's not teleportation. Uh, no, that's not teleportation. No, there has to be some sort of defragmentation teleportation, doesn't there? Thanks. The audience are loving you tonight. You like clapping, don't you? Daily. Oh, yes, boss. Now, listen, I don't watch television anymore. I'll tell you why, mate. Oh, dear. Bit of feedback. My worst fear is crowd, being in sorry, one of those portaloos. The crowd, if you're just going mm -hmm. to leave, if you could just leave quietly, please. <laughs> What I meant was well, so what I meant to play was this one. <laughs> huh? yeah, that's up my spine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, um, what the flipping heck is that? That's called um, unsightly gatherage. Um, um, oh, there's not a lot in the papers just saying that. I've only just seen them. I've seen some bits. Oh, what have you got for Justin? Because I've got. Well, I'm, I'm well hard. Right. Well, one of them's a bit sensitive. So I. Mm. Well, let's not send Justin out on something sensitive. We know he can't handle that. Can he hear us? Justin? I can hear you. Yes, hey. I can hear you guys. I can hear you. Okay. I'm thinking maybe uh, Idris Elba. Apparently, it's too street to be James Bond. Oh, oh no! Don't talk about Idris Elba. I, I hate Elba. I, you know I've like. gone up. One of the people I follow on Twitter, Matt Hay, who's I a like writer. Him. I liked him until he said that um, Idris Elba's just way too cool. No, That's he's why. not. He's a plum. He's a complete and utter plumage. Right, the fact that this is news, I, I think, is um, an indictment on today's society. I think you'll like this one, Justin. OK, come on. Um, this is an, a lollipop lady who was attacked by a yobbo, right, who had, had loads of beer. And um, she's decided, she's made news by saying she doesn't want compensation for it. Wow, why? Well, she just says it's nobody's fault. Would you fault. want compensation? Here we go. 
Would you want compo if a yobbo? Compo yobbos. Compo yobbo lollipop bow. Bow. Com- <laughs> Can you take that to the streets, Just? Well, it's, it's a simple yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll take it to the streets, no problem. Thank you, boss. Cheers. I'm playing sticks for you. Oh, mate. Means a lot. Thank you, brother. Ta-ta. I'm sailing away Set an open course for the virgin sea ahead of me On board I'm the captain So climb aboard We'll search for tomorrow And every shore And I'll try Oh Lord I'll try To care
Morning, Ian Lee B, BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, let's get the trav, is it? Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hartford on the A10, that's been closed in both directions between the A414 at Hartford and the A10 at the Hoddesden roundabout because of a couple of horses that are in the road. On the M11 northbound, the lanes closed between junction 6 for the M25 and 7 for Harlow because the bus has broken down. And on the M25, it's starting to get busy between the junction 20 for Kings Langley and 19 for Watford, anti clockwise. Also at the Brickett Wood North Orbital Road roundabout, the M25 junction 21A is starting to get very busy on the speed sensors. and on the train departure board, there are no major delays at the moment. Smart the breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, regarding the horse situation, where is that happening? Mm-hmm. Horses in the road? It's in Hartford. Okay, Russ is asking on the line uh, uh, on Twitter. Any idea? Did the police know when the situation might become stable? Didn't know. They've not said. They said it's been a problem since four this morning. Though they've been there quite a while. Okay, so, so there's no idea. Um, at all, Just, I guess Russ is going to be driving through there. No idea at all, no indication of when that situation uh, might become stable. I'm afraid not. OK, Sammy, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> Take that gun away from that barrel. Leave those poor fish alone, for goodness sakes. Ah. <laughs> Where are we now? 6.47, it's Wednesday, the 2nd of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Administrators have failed to find a buyer for Penn School in Buckinghamshire after weeks of uncertainty for parents, staff and students. A Milton Keynes charity says the scale of the homeless problem in the town is being greatly underestimated, with close to 150 people in need of somewhere to live. And uh, three new free schools for the three counties... <coughs> have been approved by the government, including a new secondary school in Luton and religious schools in Welland Garden City and Boreham Wood. Let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Feels like we're galloping into autumn, but it's a bit more of a trot as we've got a chilly start to the day. Some mist and fog patches, a few showers around, some a little on the thundery side, but also sunny spells in between. Of course, because there's showers, not all of us will see those. Temperatures reaching about 17 degrees Celsius. Some clear spells tonight with showers calming down and lows of 8 degrees. Tomorrow, a sunny start to the day. Well, sunny spells at least with some showers around, but cloud builds through the morning and we'll have some heavier showers later on. Not quite as heavy as today. Day, though and a bit more scattered with highs of 15 degrees celsius so feeling a little cooler we have a northerly wind flow for this week so it will be feeling a bit more chilly uh, friday's looking quite wet some showers on saturday and dry and fine on sunday that's your latest forecast on bbc2 he contributed so much shortening the war by two years good heavens Alongside Alan Turing, Gordon Welshman was a World War II code-breaking genius. If people knew how absolutely he was the kind of spine of the entire Bletchley Park operation, then they would look at him in a completely new way. So what led to him being written out of history? It seems to me that some of the things have been kept secret too long. The Make It Digital season explores Bletchley Park, code-breaking's forgotten genius. Next Monday night at 9 on BBC Two and BBC Two HD.
down to the river Bet you're gonna find some people who live yeah. You don't have to worry yeah. Cause you have no money yeah. People on the river are happy to give I said a big wheel to keep on turning Proud Mary keep on bum 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 Elvis not going down, down well there at the Las Vegas crowd. I think they were hoping for another key change. Tired of the fatitude. <laughs> Get rid of the fatitude, Elvis. Hey, by the way, fatitude is a great festival if anyone wants to go there and eat stuff. So, um, um, Prynark. Prynark. Yeah. Prynark. Do you see what I'm doing here? I'm, yeah. I'm changing the word by reading a headline. Um, horrified Adam Travers. Oh, that's what he says his name is. No evidence to back that up. It looks a bit like... Who's the ginger actor that um, played a Muslim? Oh, um, um, from Homeland. Yeah. Daniel... Daniel, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Damon... Da- Damon Day-Lewis. Damon, Damon O'Donnell. Posh Damon. Not po- that posh Damon. Damon O'Donnell. Damon... Who was, who was going to be the next big Damien. thing. Damien... He was all... Damien Lewis. Yes. He was all set to be the biggest actor in the world. And then what happened? He got Cumberbatched and Elbert. He got Elbert out of the way. I think he's still doing all right. He's not, he's not number one. He's got very thin lips. Horrified Adam Travers bought some swimming shorts. Who says swimming shorts? I've never even heard the phrase swimming shorts. You'd say trunks, wouldn't you? That I would say trunks, or I've started saying swimmers. Where's my swimmers? Oh. Yeah, I like my swimmers. Um, I would never say swimming shorts, though. I mean, we'd all agree. We'd all agree. Let's just go to um, our Kelly Betts correspondent. Kelly Betts, what's the latest on Kelly Betts? I wouldn't say swimming shorts. Thank you very much indeed. I wouldn't say swimming I've shorts. I've never felt the need to say swimming shorts. From Primark. And discovered, you like this, Kelly? A packet of drugs in the pocket. Oh. Adam's girlfriend, Hannah Yule. I'm suspicious. Why are they so keen to establish their relationship in the paper? Found nine white pills. I mean, back in the day, I'd have... You, you, You'd have you, handed those straight into the police? Via my... Uh, yes. Found nine white pills in an envelope in the buttoned back pocket of the Chinese-made clothes. Damned Chinese back pockets. Oh, she prepared to wash them before a holiday. This Hang story makes no sense whatsoever. Honestly, I bought them with them in there. Adam, come on. I, I blame their kitty, look. That little baby. Was he six months? Yeah. Can't look at the camera, can he? The drugs were with instructions for patients written in Chinese. Adam, 33... Yesterday said it was Lucky Hannah, 29, spotted the pills because he would have caned them. What? No. Spotted the pills because their five-month-old son, Oscar, 
might have got hold of them. Ah, this Oscar character. He'd ordered them. Mm-mm. He added, I was really shocked. If the baby had got them, that could have been disastrous. It was also lucky we found them before going on holiday. Could have caused problems at the airport. Adam, who bought the £5 trunks from Primark in his hometown of Portsmouth, alerted <laughs> the police. Oh, here we go. Oh, no, they're boring drugs. Um, I mean, they're just medicinal drugs. All drugs are bad. Their test revealed the peel, the peels, the pills are a prescription antidepressant. Primark said an investigation had shown the pills were put in the shorts at the time of manufacture after being sent to an unapproved subcontractor in China. It added, As a result, we have terminated our relationship with the supplier. Oh. Oh, a source said... Now, this is the story. The last paragraph is the story. Not these chances with their pills and their babies and their holidays and their swimming. Swimming shorts. Swimming. You can swim, can't you? A source said... The shorts were supposed to be made in a factory, but it appears they were secretly being made by prisoners in a jail. That's the story! Primark stuff being made by prisoners in a jail. Your swimmers could have been made by a murderer or a rapist. How does that make you feel as a person? Outraged. Oh, Disgusted. No. Keeps them out of their cells. No! Keeps them out of their cells, doesn't I it? I don't want prisoners making my swimmers. You know they make your headphones on planes. I don't know. No one uses the headphones on planes. I always set my own. What is it with the netting in swimmers? I don't know. What I is the netting I don't require for? netting. Because um, the netting does... Uh, for a while, I thought the netting stopped it making them um, opaque. No, it's but to stop you jangling around, isn't it? Well, I, don't mind, I don't mind a little jingle jangle. Well, everyone else does. And also, you've got, you've got to put your hand down there to rearrange because you get, you, um, you, you get caught in the netting, don't you? I don't know. It's like, you know, you go... I don't tend to get caught in netting. Well, I, I tend to get caught in netting. Well, maybe you should be a little tidier. You all right, Kels? Mm. Yes, thank you. I'm okay. just talking about news stuff to news, okay. Jessica. Okay. Maybe do it after the show. You could close the microphone. Um. Okay. Um. Or you could, you know, focus on this. Don't matter. Anyway. Uh. I. Why would you, I just don't like the net? I don't understand what the netting is all about. Well, you know, like onions. Yes. <laughs> there you go. It keeps my onions fresh. Now this is a story that was in the papers over the weekend, and um. I didn't really read it properly then, and I'm, I'm not really going to read it properly now. Oh, there's a man blowing a didgeridoo at a pregnant woman's tummy. Mm. Um, this thing about the snoring room. Yes. Um, I sleep. That in, means a separate room. Yeah. I sleep in um, a separate room to my wife, primarily because I can't stand her! But also because um, I get up at um, silly o'clock. Mm. So uh, she doesn't want to be disturbed by my alarm. I don't want to be disturbed by um, the kids. So we sleep in separate rooms. And part of me thinks, oh, it's sad. But part of me thinks, oh, that is flipping brilliant. Because then there's you've got the space to kind of stretch out. Mm. I imagine it's nice. <laughs> oh! oh have you... I sleep with a snorer. Oh, you've got a spare room, haven't you? Nope. Can you not... I filled them with kids, stupidly. Can the kids not bunk up? They are bunking up. Well, then, can you... We've got, we've got a third room, but it's full of toys. Well, get the... Oh, for crying out and loud. it's tiny. Get... I'm not sleeping in there. You can go in there. Oh, you've got the shed at the back of the garden, the, the, playhouse. the playhouse. That's got that has got room to stretch out in, <laughs> and with a sleeping bag and a little um, Calagas heater, you'd be bang on target. I'm there. not going in there. You can go in there. It'd be nice to be like camping out every night. Oh, thanks very much. You just saved my marriage. Yeah, very very welcome indeed. Oh, three four five nine four double five five double five. You know it makes sense. Let's get the trav. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
There's reports of an accident on the M14 northbound between Junction 8A for Oxford and Junction 9 for Bista. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's busy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for the A41 in Watford. And on the M11, there's a lane blocked northbound between Junction 6 for the M25 and 7 for Harlow because the bus has broken down. In Borehamwood, it's looking very slow on the speed sensors between the Holiday Inn and Barlet Inn at the Stirling Corner southbound. And no reports of any major problems on the trains. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Any word on the horses' situation yet? They've uh, they've gone. So the situation is now is now stable. Yes. Okay. So the the, the situation with the horses is now stable. Maybe they they might have lured them away with some hay and some straw. Yeah. Uh, and but it, but just to clarify, because <laughs> this is important, it's not really you shouldn't really be making jokes about the travel, Sam. Uh, it, just to clarify, the situation with the horses is now completely stable. Yes, I confirm it's stable. That's great, Sammy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I mean, <laughs> really. Um, mm. OK, separate rooms, a little bit of compo and an update on Penn School. All of that and much, much less coming up after the new. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. I'm Jessica Cooper. The headlines, Penn School closure confirmed, more disruption on the Channel Tunnel and new free schools in beds and hearts. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been confirmed Penn School near High Wycombe in Buckinghamshire won't reopen. Parents were hoping a buyer for the special school could be found after it went into administration in July, just two weeks before the end of term. Our reporter Catherine Boyle has been following the story. Parents tried to raise a million pounds to keep the school open for almost 80 deaf and autistic children who attended. Since its closure, they've been struggling to find suitable school places elsewhere. Some have waited in the hope that the school will reopen. The administrators, Deloitte, confirmed yesterday evening that they've not been able to secure a viable offer for the school as a going concern. A Milton Keynes charity claims the homelessness problem in the town is being greatly underestimated. The council believes there are 24 confirmed rough sleepers, but Help Our Homeless MK says that number's near 150. Nicola Hassler reports. Connor Edwards, who uses a wheelchair, was living in a bin cupboard in Milton Keynes. He says because he's a single man, the council didn't consider him a priority for housing. Janet Paddison from Luton is being housed with her four-year-old daughter in a hotel in Milton Keynes, but she's due to start school in Luton this week. And 19-year-old Abby Reynolds is 28 weeks pregnant but sofa surfing because the council can't find her a home anywhere near where she lives. NHS staff are due to be offered exercise classes such as Zumba and yoga and healthy food in a bid to keep them fit and in work. Staff sickness is thought to cost the NHS in England almost £2.5 billion a year. Thousands of passengers trying to use rail services through the Channel Tunnel faced more disruption last night. Eurostar has had to cancel two services today. Frankie McCamley reports. Trains in London, Calais, Brussels and Paris were stopped from around 10 o'clock last night until half past two this morning. Eurotunnel says groups of migrants were blocking the tracks, which are used by Eurostar and freight train services. Up to 2,000 passengers were affected as all six Eurostar services running at the time had to be stopped. 
Three new free schools for the three counties have been approved by the government. They include a new secondary school, St Anne's High School for Girls in Luton, two religious schools in Hertfordshire, the Hearts International Christian School in Wellingarten City and the Jewish Yevna Primary School in Boreham Wood. In sport, Luton Town's 2-1 home win against Leighton Orient has seen them through to the second round of the Johnson's Paint Trophy. Danny Green opened the scoring in the first half with a late goal from Stephen O'Donnell. The weather, some sunny spells this morning with scattered showers developing later, some heavy showers with the risk of thunder, highs of 18 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Still, still trying to find that kid. And boy, I mean, he must be about 18 now, so I am well within my rights to uh, do pretty much anything I want. Karate, I'm in karate style. I'm gonna karate that kid. I'm gonna karate him to the ground. You can't karate kids. I can karate kids. You can't karate kids. Remember that fella, right? You, you see all these kids going to their karate lessons at the youth centre and at the church. <laughs> the church, flipping heck. And they're all kids. Remember, and I said, all kids that do karate, I could have them in a fight. And then there was this fella got in touch, said, my yeah. boy, he's like nine and he's a black belt. He was giving it all that. Yeah, he'll have you. I was like, come on then, sunshine. Where's the nine-year-old with the black belt? I haven't seen him anywhere. I haven't seen him any... He's not out there, is he? No. Any nine-year-old with a black belt, I would totally, totally destroy. Totally. I don't know, they've got a low centre of gravity. Oh, mate. They probably have you. That, not, not a chance for a start having two young boys I know where their tickle spots are <laughs> I know where tickle spots are I would destroy those suckers you can't tickle a nine year old ninja <laughs> always always happy to um, fight any children that, that <laughs> want to have a f- I'm happy to what do that what about their dads that's, I mean that's come on now, now that's stirring now that's, that's unpleasant Um, Glenn Tilbrook's coming on at half past eight from Squeeze. Very, very excited. Very excited. Although I've sent Dilly out on the streets to talk about it. So, I mean, I'm worried what he might come back with. Uh, If you want to take part in the show, 03459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. People know... um, People, thank you, Celeste. Celeste's really enjoying the show because Celeste yeah. used to hate the show and he's loving it now. Thank you, mate. He's fulsome with his praise. We have, we have, it's always good when we turn somebody, yeah. Celeste, and I think you've been turned. Math also loved the stick song. Oh, nice Loved one, Math. Thank you, Math. Excellent. Good work. Um, but the, the rules are, you know, the rules to the show are you can call in about anything. We sit here and um, we, uh, you know, we talk rubbish. Sorry. Uh, but you can call in about anything you want, you know, so that's, that's all groovy, man. Yeah. Any, any texts? Yeah, we've got some texts. Hey. Apart from the praisey ones, which yeah. are always lovely to receive, oh, but you know, yeah. it, gets, it gets a bit embarrassing to read them all out. Yeah. Um, Peter in Warmer Green says, Ha. So, I have no idea what that means. And um, Peter, when, Is Peter all right? Because um, he, His he, texts are always a little bit um, whimsical. He's, I, I mean, I'm worried that we're, uh, you know, he's, he's off with the fairies because he used to call in all the time to have a good old whinge and now he just sends in mysterious texts that make very, very little sense. Mm. Yeah shorthand for his thoughts um wendy says i think the pen school thing is a sneaky cover-up i think they just want to sell the land wt flip no that can't be true oh well 
We'll soon find out what's been going on, though, because we're not going to leave it. Oh, and we're going to speak to someone now. Almost two months ago, the families of a group of deaf and autistic children were told it would probably be wise to look for somewhere else for their kids to go to school. Administrators had moved into Cell Penn School, and the hope was that parents could raise enough money to buy it, at least in the short term. Well, that didn't work out, so with no word at all from the trustees who ran the school, families could only wait for the administrators to work through various possible deals with companies. Well, we got word last night that the negotiations are over, the deal is off and Penn School is closed for good. Well, Amanda Burgess is one of the mums who's been fighting to save it. Morning, Amanda. Good morning, Ian. Um, sad news. Yeah, absolutely devastating news. Yeah, really sad. I guess, I mean, we kind of knew this was going to be the, the outcome, didn't we? Well, two weeks ago... Were you ago, still hoping? Yeah, two weeks ago when I was on the show, I was quite emotional because I just felt at that point um, it was lost. But, you know, then there's always hope until there's, until you get the no. Um, and, and the other thing is, it's just so many of the children still without a, a school place. Um, and, I, you know, you look on Facebook and at the messages and you look at the emails that I'm getting from some of the parents desperate, desperate now as to what on earth they're going to do. They were really holding out for, for Penn to reopen in some way, shape or form and they just do not know what they are going to do. And to be honest, they're not really getting the support either. Um, and, and actually I heard yesterday that some ex-members of staff are still helping parents and families to get placements and to, to fight their local authorities and uh, to, to get what their children absolutely deserve and should have. And it's disgusting that we're Could here. you do me a favour, Amanda? Yeah. Every time we do this story, we get a, a, a grumpy old git called Les Texas in, right? Yeah. Um, and every time he just says, boring. Yeah. Can you try and explain to Les, um, and it's only a minority, but... Um, why this whole thing is so important to you. Explain the situation with your boy and just the, the, the difference that Penn School made to your boy's life and to your life. Well, Penn was a very unique place. It took children for edu to educate the children that had been refused or turned away from other schools because their needs were so severe and so complicated that they could not be met anywhere else. And the powers that be, including the government and the local MPs and the, and the local councils and the local authorities, have allowed this brilliant place to close. And now these children have nowhere to go to school. Every child has the right to go to a school, to an appropriate school to learn. Our children cannot go to Joe Blog School down the road because they get bullied you hear of stories all the time of special needs children and young adults and adults being abused, being um, beaten up, being verbally abused. And, and that's what happens in society because people like Les, unfortunately, are ignorant and don't want to listen to the facts out there. And I'm sorry if that's harsh, uh, but that's what it is. And it's disgraceful. And I just, um, just cannot believe that this school has been allowed to close, you know, yet another special needs provision for children there. There isn't enough out there anyway and the government and everybody's allowed this, the trustees have allowed this to close and, and that's why Penn was so important because they were safe, they were cared for, they were loved by those staff and they were given the best opportunity for a good future and that's been lost. Um, have you spoken to any of the other parents? I was going to say mums and dads, because I'm used to talking with kids. Have you spoken to any of the other mums and dads, Amanda? Yeah, I've had, well, I have spoken uh, to some, and a e lot of email exchanges and a lot of Facebook exchanges have been going on over the last 12 hours. 
Um, and uh, yeah, there are parents that are absolutely desperate out there now. They do not know where they're going to go. They are, they have been looking, but there just isn't anywhere for these children to go. I mean, a lot of the children are deaf, and um, there's a program on BBC Two this morning um, talking about the reduction in deaf places out there in the society. Um, everywhere is being squeezed through austerity measures, and and I, I understand that. You know, we all know that there are some cuts, things. You can't. You just shouldn't be making cuts on. And I think the schooling of deaf and autistic, and disabled and vulnerable children is one of the places where to start making cuts is mm. um, is criminal. Yeah, and that's, um, but that's what's happening. Yeah, and, and it and it is. It's it's just that that's where it's desperate because, you know, you say there are two deaf boys I know, and the local authority they live in are refusing to send them to an appropriate school because it is further away from where they live and it's going to cost more. So whereas we were all guaranteed there'd be no problem, and for some of us, I'm lucky. For some of us, that's happened, but for others. It isn't happening, and local authorities are not being supportive, and they're they're, they're all going back on what they've they've said because it's all going to cost a bit more now to send these children further away from home. Uh, and Amanda, it's disgusting. we're going to follow we're going to follow what happens to the building because it'll be interesting to see who does buy it eventually oh, yeah. if it gets bought and what happens to it. Oh yes, so will we. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wouldn't it be interesting to see what happens to it? Oh um, yeah. And the Deloitte's who are, have been pretty, I know they've been a little bit um, difficult with you at times, They're, they're the administrators, they've been really good with us up until now. The chat we've been dealing with I think is away on holiday so uh, we were asking them and asking them for a statement yesterday. I don't think they're going to release one until after this show is finished which is disappointing. Mm. Um... On a slightly more positive note, your boy starts school today. Has it sunk in that he's he's going to a new school today? How is he feeling this morning? Oh, well, he was up at half past five and he was in the car ready to go. Oh, <laughs> good for six. him! At quarter past six. So oh. he's nearly up as early as you, Ian. Oh, bless him. Um, so he's gone off. Um, he w- he got in the back of the car and is asleep. So oh. he won't really know until he arrives at school at quarter past nine this morning. And then he's got a huge um, a huge experience and change to to go through over the next few weeks, months. And um, he didn't really want to talk to me about it, and he just put his hands over his ears and yeah. doesn't want to talk. So to be honest, I don't know. Um, um, we've just, my husband's gone off to work and we're just kind of going, okay, life carries on, we've got to get on with it. We're, yeah. we're actually one of the lucky ones. He's gone yeah. off to school today. Um, I know there are at least 15 and possibly up to, like you said, up to 40 children who have not got anywhere to go. I know parents that are um, having to not go to work, they may lose their jobs or they, you know, they won't get yeah. paid. Uh, to cover their children, you know, how is that fair? How uh, is that right? Amanda, um, you've got my email address. Would you send me an email next week or so and just let us know how your boy's getting on? Of course I will. Course that, I, I, will I wish you the very best of luck and we'll, I'm sure we'll speak again. Thank you yeah, so I'm much. Sure we Thanks everyone. Cheers, so Amanda. Bye bye. Take care. Bye-bye. There we go. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, Les, does that answer your question? Still boring, is it? Phone number ends 850. Do you know what, Les? I've played your game and I've indulged you a little bit. You can jog on, fella. I'm not reading out any more of his stupid emails. I can uh, his texts. I can block him my computer. You're a nasty piece of work, mate. I don't want anything more to do with you. Go on, jog on. Dare you say it's boring. The impact that that has on so many lives. Shame on you, Les. Shame on you. Um, we've got the names of the trustees um, who have refused to speak to us and refused to speak to any of the parents and refused to attend any of the meetings. Uh, these people feel they are above talking to uh, parents like Amanda. Uh, Paul Ricketts, Hugh Forsyth, 
Carrie Allen, Dara Gallick, Wendy Moyer, uh, Kerry Lee McLeish and Timothy Layfield. Those are the trustees who have refused to um, even just to stand in, a, in an assembly or a classroom in front of all of the parents and say, do you know what? This is what we did. We tried. We really tried. And we, we completely muffed it up. And we're really sorry. Or it wasn't our fault. We had a go and we couldn't make it work. I'm sorry. They've not even had the decency to do that. Not even to stand in front of a group of people for an hour uh, and do that. What a disappointing end to a thoroughly disappointing and uh, uh, upsetting story. 7.15, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's reports of an accident on the M40 northbound between Junction 80 for Oxford and 9 for Bicester. On the M1 southbound, it's very busy from Junction 12 for Flittick to 11 for Luton through the roadworks. And the M25 is slow now anti-clockwise from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. The A1's also busy southbound between the Holiday Inn and Barnet Lane at Stirling Corner. And on the North Orbiter Road at the London Coney Roundabout, it's looking very busy too on the speed sensors. On the train departure boards, there are no delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Brooks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven fifteen. It's Wednesday, the second of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. After weeks of uncertainty, it's been confirmed that Penn School near High Wycombe won't be reopening. Milton Keynes charity Help Our Homeless says close to 150 people are in need of housing in the town, but the council is greatly underestimating the scale of the problem. And three new free schools for the three counties have been approved by the government, including a new secondary school in Luton and religious schools in Welland Garden City and Boreham Wood. Excellent. More segregation for our kids. We've had a brilliant summer of cricket. That's Edge and Corf is all over. But once again, we're also celebrating our unsung sporting heroes. He has such passion for sport. I'm extremely proud of what we've achieved here. Who will you nominate? We're looking for someone who inspires people to get involved in sport across beds, hearts and bucks. He's funny. He's, he's never strict with you, so you don't feel pressured. To make your nominations, go to bbc.co.uk slash unsunghero and download an entry form. The closing date is Thursday, 22nd of October, with our 2015 Unsung Hero announced at the BBC Sports Personality of the Year in December. She cares about everyone else more than she does about herself. Get inspired. Get nominating. That doesn't work. Go on. That that doesn't work. Tell me again. You, did you hear what that was for? You probably were busy producing the show. I uh, was, yeah. yeah sure. It's for it's, 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 it's an awards. Heads in sport. Well, no. Um, it's an awards. All right, well, listen, hang on, right. okay, do it again. Uh, listen to it, and you let me know when, you, when you've spotted what's wrong with this. We've had a brilliant summer of cricket. That's Edson oh. Corf, it's all over. That's not it. Once again, we're also celebrating we our unsung sporting heroes. He has such passion for sport. I'm um, extremely proud of no. what we've achieved here. Are they not being sung there? Yeah, we're looking for someone who inspires people to get involved in sport across beds, hearts mm. and bucks. He's funny. He's, he's never strict with you. So That's you don't me. Feel pressured. To it's make your nominations, go to bbc.co.uk unsung hero. But if they're unsung, then we're singing them, so they'll be sung. Mm -hmm. Life is a song worth living, why don't you? Sing it. But Sorry? They're unsung currently. Yeah, so then they'll be sung, so I then they're heroes. Yeah. So I've heard been sung. So you're voting funny. for someone to become a hero. Exactly. Yeah. Was that fair? We don't yeah. vote for our heroes, our heroes are just born. 
Or made, I don't know. With great power comes great responsibility. I don't know if they're able to handle it. That's why they're unsung. Sometimes they have it thrust upon them. Oh? Huh? Oh, I know. Are you thinking about something different? Oh. Yeah. You're thinking about the Christmas party, and I've apologised for so much. Did you apologise to everybody though? Because I, that was on. That, that was. Uh, I sent an email. I'm not going to one of those Christmas parties again. I'm not for many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there with bells on. I know, That's and that why. was so beautiful. I wish you put clothes on instead, but I never know. mind. Oh, look. We, at least tinkle, we had a tinkle, tinkle, in. tinkle, tinkle, little star. <laughs> well, yeah, but we'll kill Catherine. Dearie me. Anyway, so those heroes are going to be sung. They're going to be sung heroes That's by the end of that. Well, no, I don't approve of that. What about if they were singing you? Eh? If they were singing you, singing you. What does that mean? Well, yeah. those heroes are getting sung. What about if they sung? Oh, I've you? got, I've got awards. I've got awards. I've got dollar in the bank. I need to get that changed. Actually, um, I'm doing all right. <laughs> okay. Well, good for you. Uh, I'm doing all right. Been on telly. When? Long time ago. I've got them on VHS tapes if you want to borrow them. I did Look East once. I was on Trisha. What were you on Trisha for? I asked a question. What did you work at? Really? Whoa, whoa. (laughs) Stop the show. Hang on a second. You're on, well, now, Trisha, when she was on ITV or Channel 5? ITV. Proper Trisha. Proper Trisha. Actual Trisha. Trisha Classic. Mm. Um, Okay, what was the theme? can't remember Aye. it was some dad who uh, his, his daughter was like hey you're my dad where have you been and he's like oh I've got so many kids no because they can't be bothered yeah. we know but, where he's been and who did you ask the question to the dad this is going to be awesome get Kath right let's role play role play role play <laughs> Kath um, you be uh, Trisha 14 okay you, uh, you be Trisha and um, you uh, let's reenact the scene away you okay. go so Wayne you spent all this time being a man, but not being a father. Has anyone got any questions for Wayne? Yes, I, I Small do. person on the front row. Hello. Uh, Wayne, what about the rest of your kids? <laughs> Woo! Wayne got served. What, uh, what was Wayne's answer? I've got too many, I've got so many yeah, of them. Yeah, he was so like, many oh, of them. I don't know. Oh. Wow. I was in the audience for Maury Povich. <gasps> I love Movi po- Maury Povich. He once did a, a whole um, programme called Midgets, Midgets, Midgets. Yeah, I it's it. one of my lowest points. <laughs> no, not that, that's good. It was one of my lowest points and it pops up on a, on a I'm not going to even say what channel, it pops up on a channel from time to time. People go, I saw you in the audience of Maury Povich. I... I booed 14-year-old crack addicts. Now, 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 oh, now. I mean... Now, fourteen. Now, they were disrespectful to their parents. Yeah, that's what you do when you're fourteen and a crack addict. We were encouraged to boo them. Oh, I booed them so much though. Security said, "Sir, would you calm down, please?" Oh, calm down. Calm down. Where were they from? Calm down. Calm down. I was also in the audience for. They were from Liverpool, USA. Mm. Kilroy. Oh. Oh, the Silver Fox. Did you make love to him? Yep. Oh, beautiful. Did did he squat down next to you? He did. Did he squat? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. I was in the uh, audience for Family Fortunes, but we got moved along because we looked too cool. Okay, have you ever been in the audience? I know it's an old, it's an old classic, but do you know what? I don't mind, um, I don't mind uh, um, uh, prostituting myself out from time to time. Ever been in the audience for something? Oh three four five nine four double five. Do you mean on telly? Yeah. Or, or no, just no, no, just no. I think we expanded. <laughs> so really, what you're asking is, what have you seen? Call me now. <laughs> but you had to see it from an audience point of view, not from backstage. That's tomorrow's phone in. What have you done backstage? Oh dear. Hey. I mean that is gold. Steady. What have you been in the audience for? 
It's good. I like it. It's open-ended. Massive. It is Ooh, massive. Gaping phoning. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, three four five nine four double five five double five. Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Here Radio. We go. A homeless charity says that Milton Keynes Council is greatly underestimating the scale of the problem there. The council says there are 24 confirmed rough sleepers, but Help Our Homeless MK says it's nearer 150. Well, Connor Edwards was until recently living in a bin cupboard. He was mugged twice and says because he's a single man, the council didn't consider him a priority for housing. He joins me now. Uh, morning, Connor. Oh, no, hang on a second. Let me just see if it's um, Connor's. Oh, Connor's d- dropped off, I think. Is that right? Got- yes, Connor's dropped off. We'll try and get Connor back. In the meantime, let's go to Hannah O'Neill, the cabinet member for housing at Milton Keynes Council. Morning, Hannah. Morning. Uh, uh, how many homeless people are there? Uh, well, in terms of street homeless, um, I, haven't, I haven't got those figures because we... we- I wasn't expecting to be asked about street homeless, to be honest. I thought we were talking about um, bed and breakfast, which I'm, which I, I cover within my portfolio. Okay, I just, um, I just asked how many homeless there are. I've not been specific. How, uh, you're, you're the housing cabinet member for housing, are you? Yeah, I absolutely am. Um, so, street homeless, unfortunately, is, falls under community safety. So, I know what they're doing within the community safety team is a lot of work around street homeless um, to try and support people who who are, who are um, street homeless. But unfortunately, that that isn't w- within my portfolio. But in terms of bed and breakfast, at the moment, our bed and breakfast numbers have jumped quite significantly. We're up to 148 families in bed and breakfast. Right. What can you do about it? It's a really good question, and obviously I've been on your programme before to talk about it because it is it's a, it's a real issue, and it's a real issue nationally. And it's getting worse in Milton Keynes, though, isn't it? It's getting worse in Milton Keynes. It's getting worse nationally. 30, yeah. well, for, forget, forget nationally. We're, we're talking about Milton yep. Keynes. Uh, what yep. are you going to do about it? OK, so just a couple of things that we've, we've got coming online quite soon. We started to work with, um, or we will be working with St Mungo's Broadway, the homeless charity from London, um, who are going to um, provide 70 properties in Milton Keynes. So there'll be, there'll be flats or, or houses in Milton Keynes. Didn't the Mungo's we'll just able... close down recently? That was, that was a different... Um, um, it, was, it was a hostel for young people. So this is um, more focused on homeless families. Um, okay, so, 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 but why did, hang on, well, hang on a second. <laughs> why are we differentiating between homeless young people and homeless families? If a, a Mungo's just closed down and now you're working with Mungo's, that's a bit confusing. My understanding is that that was a, that was a contract that St Mungo's, no, they no longer needed that property. They were able to deliver that contract with, without that property. That's not what they told us. Um, Okay. <laughs> um, my understanding is, is that's my understanding is that they, they didn't need that property. Right, so, so this, what, this is, but then what happened to those homeless kids? I, I'm confused. I'm really confused. Hang on. So, so one place closed down, um, but yeah. now you're working with Mungos. And also, you, you, you did come on before and you had all these great plans of things you were going to do, and it's got worse. So it, it's going drastically wrong, isn't it? Well, one of the suggestions that we made earlier this year um, was that we were going to use our, our properties differently. And obviously, uh, that was stopped by um, opposition. Uh, colleagues who decide they didn't they want us to be doing that anymore, which is a real shame because actually we, we wouldn't have had any people in bed and breakfast at the moment if we'd been able to, do, to use that, that um, system. Um, so we're looking at other ways. So the St Mungo's properties, 70 properties that will be coming online um, quite soon. We've got 12 more rooms which we're going to be having from next week uh, in Milton Keynes um, uh, to use locally. Um, what's brilliant about the St Mungo's is that it actually supports families for six months. So it helps them with kind of any employment issues, any debt issues. It helps them with a number of, of issues. Right, so that's one project. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so we're also looking at other things. I mean, one of the things that we're really lo- looking to work on is um, 
um, working with private landlords. What how's that? How's that going? Is, is, we need we need private landlords to come forward. What, how, the reason I meant about, where, where, the last time you I'm trying. How long ago was it you're on, Hannah? I think, well, I think it was last year when I just taken over as a cabinet. So, oh yeah, was you just started? When did you start the job? Was it was it October last year? It was June last year. June last year, blimey! So over a year, you've been in the job over a year. Yeah. And the situation's got significantly worse. Yeah. Um, and how how, how, how long do we give you before we do we start um, saying that you're not up to the job? Well, I think I think we need to look at this in a, in a holistic. Uh, way because this isn't this isn't something Milton Keynes accounts are doing. We're not going out making people homeless. What we're seeing is we're seeing an increase in people who are uh, coming through because their um, private landlord has um, has evicted them. Um, friends and family can't can't have them anymore. Uh, people can't afford to live in Milton Keynes because you know it's uh, our average rents are 175 pound more than the national average. Um, we're the, in the top five most expensive places to live outside of London. You, when um, you came on in June last year, you were asking weren't you asking for private landlords then to come forward and help? Yeah, and we still are. We've right, OK. How many, how, many, how many came forward then? Uh, I don't think any. I don't think any came forward then. So over a year after you first asked for private landlords to come forward, mm-hmm. um, none came forward. Yeah, and I think, I think and you're still asking there. for private... Well, it, it's a real issue that that policy obviously doesn't work. Well, we've changed our offer to them. And I think the other thing is that the government has frozen housing, uh, local housing allowance at £656 for an average two-bed. And that's already almost £200 less than the average uh, two-bed rental. But I did... Listen, uh, we know the government have made cuts and all this stuff, but you came on on June the 17th of last year, I've just been told, uh, and you were asking for private landlords... Was it this year? Okay, uh, And you asked for private landlords to come forward um, to to, to give you properties. No-one came forward. That policy... that policy. I don't think well, nobody you, came forward. Well, you just did. You know, it, it was. A, it wasn't that. A how many properties? Did you, how many properties have you got off the back of that campaign? I can't tell you that off the top of my head. I don't know. Is it less than? Is it less than ten? Quite possibly, yes. Is it less than five? I don't think. No, I, I would imagine it's less than ten. Okay, so let's say five. You got five properties, so that don't work. So what else are you going to do? Well, I've. I've Said we're doing this among us. Obviously, we're building houses, but building houses takes time. Um, we are looking at how we can work with partners to to build more houses. To um, you know, you work with housing associations to kind of get more properties. This has to be uh, you know a, a Milton Keynes wide. Um, it's not just about about Milton Keynes Council. We held a summit uh, last month to try and get people to, to come together, and we had over fifty people from the housing. Um, from the housing world to come uh, and, and to the summit to talk about how we can try and resolve How many houses did that provide, that summit? How many bedrooms did that provide, that summit? Or was it just people got together and a nice cup of tea and said, yeah, you know, we should really do something about this. See you next year. I, I think that's, that's a bit cynical. I think people no, it's, well, it's a really fair, want to help. OK, it's a fair question. Think, how many houses did that, did that summit provide? Well, I think out of that summit, we started to have conversations about St Mungo's, uh, St Mungo's Broadway. Um, and we started to have those really in-depth conversations with housing associations, and l- landlords came, and landlords gave us their advice as what would what would help us um, to, um, uh, to you know to, to encourage more landlords. So we've changed our offer. We're now offering 12 months guaranteed rent. We're offering uh, for the local housing allowance to pay straight to landlords. Um, you know, we are we're constantly having those conversations about how we can how we can encourage landlords to come through. But even if we get a number, but you've of had five landlords, landlords come through. Well, but even if, well. 
I mean, I think, you know, we've changed, we've changed the offer significantly. Um, certainly the housing crisis has deepened incredibly in the last nine months. It, 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 it's, it's, it's almost doubled in the last nine hey, months. it's great. Listen, you can tell that to me because I've got a really nice house. I've even got a spare bedroom. Why don't you tell that to the people that are in bed and breakfast, the people that um, have got nowhere to live, the people that, are, that, that have got a family living in someone's front room? Yeah, you know, you saw, it's, all right, it's all right saying to them, well, you know, the government has said this and house... But you're responsible for it in Milton Keynes. Well, I am responsible, but I can only do a certain amount in terms of what the, the powers I've got, which government give us. One of the things I am doing is I'm going to hopefully write to the housing minister and ask him to come down and explain his recent changes to tell us, you know, oh, explain Hannah. the future in bed and breakfast. Because it's, this is a national oh, problem. Yeah, Hannah, I don't, that don't yeah, about. yeah, I know. But, you know, if you're, if you're a mum and you've got two kids and you're living in someone's spare room or you're living in a B&B, this don't wash, does it? It just doesn't wash. There's no, there's no one. They're, they're looking to you for help and homes, and you're saying, "Well, there's only there's only so much I can do, and it's it's the government's fault, and you know, and uh, there's not really any more I can do." We're doing a number of things to try and resolve the, the issue. Um, what we need is we need uh, we need landlords to tell us why they're making people um, homeless. Because I can tell you, I can, I, I can tell you why because they want more money. That's why. Next, so, well, I've told you that. So, what's the next thing you need to know? Let's see if we can work this well, one out. We need to under- we need to understand from them, you know, what, what, how much how much money they want more. They want to make um, as much know, as the all... market. Will, they want to make as much as the market will allow them because they're private enterprises. Okay, so we need to understand then what what can we offer them? More money. To get them to keep our tenants. Well, more, maybe more we need money. To, maybe we need to consider that, and that's a conversation that we're having at the moment. How that would work and what that would look like, we're not sure. We're, you know, is it that we need to give sort of um, some uh, more money up front? Do we need to look at a difference between um, between rent and, and local housing? We need to look at uh, you know at all of these things, and we're doing it. And, and I think you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that we're doing enough and that we've got the housing crisis sorted because we haven't. Well, and no, it's, it's getting worse. Can, it's getting worse. Yeah, you haven't got it sorted. Can... It's slipping through your fingers. But it's not something we can do on our own, individually, locally. It has, had over it a has year, to be, Hannah. and it has, to, it has to be considered in a national perspective. And I think we need to understand that nationally, nationally, this Conservative government are making things a hundred times oh, worse. Oh, now, around. but you have but to work true. with. Well, well, that but it it's may. True. And, well, you, know, you, can, you can blame me all you like. I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying that, that you've. Been, I'm not blaming you. I'm just uh, just saying that you've been in the job for over a year. The yes. situation is getting worse, and it's all well, it's all well year, and good in and saying. Ian, Ian, in, in, in that year, let me tell you, in that year, we have um, we have set aside the money. We've started building two hundred council. When houses. will those houses be ready? They'll be ready um, by the beginning of. 12, oh, they will have been all been started by twenty seventeen. Well, hang on a minute. So, excuse me. They'll they'll be started by twenty seventeen. Yeah, that was. That was, <laughs> that was, that was a... When will they be ready for for families got... to live in? Well, we've got we've got twenty. Which um, when will they be ready uh, for families to live in? We've got 20 that are already about to be ready. We've got, um, I think, there's 13 that are uh, current. Well, we've just opened... The 200 houses you just mentioned that will be started in 2017, when will they be ready for people to move in? However long it takes to to build a house from 2017. Well, you're the the housing minister. I I thought you might know. I'm not the housing minister. I'm a cabinet member. The cabinet member. <laughs> you, all right, let's, let's not get um, cute. You, 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 I would yeah. have thought you would have known how long it would take to build a house that it you're, you're buying. It takes, about, it, takes about, it takes about a year from So they'll be, ready, they'll be ready in 2018? Hopefully, yeah. That's 2015, so that's three, that's three winters. Yep, but, but nobody had started that before. Nobody had considered to build houses before, so we've started building houses. We are working with partners to provide... And they're all um, going to be council houses, are they? But all council houses. Yeah. All council houses that, that, that people will have to go through three three winters to get. So that's two hundred. Okay. 
Um, we have started the St. Uh, well, Margaret's project to bring on 70 more uh, rooms in Milton Keynes. We have um, got 12 more rooms coming online uh, with, with UK rooms next week. Um, we have changed our offer significantly to the private landlord sector, which um, we've done in the last year. So in the last year, we've done a number of things. In the, and we also, we tried to change our, our um, allocations policy, which would mean we wouldn't have been using bed and breakfast, but that was stopped. So we, 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 we tried to make that change. We tried to do something differently. It was stopped by opposition um, colleagues. Um, so in that last year, we've done a substantial amount to deal with the housing crisis, and none of that had been done before. If, if, if previous administrations had decided to do something no, not, about the housing uh, no. crisis, which was inevitably getting worse... I'm not playing... I'm not, I'm not going to let you play. I don't let any side play. It was, it's the other side's fault. That's a, have you, how many homeless people have you spoken to? I speak to a number of homeless people. I represent an incredibly deprived world, so I have a lot of people come through my door to okay. talk to me about homeless okay. people. So I talk to a lot. Have you, are you, have you spoken to... It keeps me up at... And do you know what? It keeps me up at night, and I lay awake at night thinking, how can I help these people? Because it's not a good enough situation. And in, in, your, in your bedroom, yeah? Breakfast. In your bedroom. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. In, your, in your home. Yeah. And, and then I you go and have breakfast. And... Yeah. 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 Uh, have you spoken to Connor Edwards? I haven't spoken to Conor Edwards, unfortunately. No, I know there was lots of um, issues around him last um, uh, last week, but I, I I haven't had a chance to speak to him yet, unfortunately. Well, you can say hello to Conor Edwards now. Morning, Conor. Good morning. How are you doing, mate? You're right. Conor. I'm, I'm all right this morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very good. Conor, let's have a quick let's have a, a, a little chat. You were uh, living in a bin cupboard uh, until quite recently. How on earth did you end up in that situation? Um, well, about eighteen months ago, um, I was evicted from a property that I was living in. Um, it was all due to uh, the bedroom tax when it came in. Um, a large amount of rent arrears was put on to my property. Um, I, I, I had my children at the time. I couldn't afford to pay. It was either feed my kids or pay the uh, the, the, uh, the bedroom tax back. I chose to feed the kids and I got evicted. And it wasn't until after I was evicted that I was told that there was a grant that I could have claimed that would have stop the eviction necess- um, in the tracks. And uh, you, you, you end up in a bin cupboard. This is like one of those kind of lock-ups near a block of flats, is it, with the big bins in? No, it's, 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 it's actually a service cupboard, and it's in central Milton Keynes, directly opposite the shops. What and was... it, was, it was the safest place that I could find um, that it was covered. What was going through your head the first time you thought, I'm going to end up sleeping in there tonight. Panic. It, it was absolute panic because prior to that, I'd actually been mugged. Um, it was it was my second night out, and I'd actually been mugged, and I had all of my stuff taken off of me. I'd been up to the council, Milton Keynes, that day uh, with the police report, everything, and I, I, I sat in the council offices, crying my eyes out. And all the council said to me was, um, here's a sheet, we can help you with private housing, uh, private landlords. They handed me an A4 sheet of paper, and on that A4 sheet of paper was lists of letting agencies. I rung them, and all of them said that they don't rent to anyone on benefits. And that was it. And then they said, yeah, that's it, that's all we can help you with. And just to add a little bit more colour to it, it's already quite a spicy, colourful story. Uh, you're in a wheelchair as well, aren't you? Yeah, 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 re- yeah, re- yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah, I, I use a wheelchair as well because I have diabetic neuropathy. And you weren't a priority for the council? No, because I'm self-caring. Uh, for the, 
from the waist up, do you know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not classed as disabled enough. Uh, disabled I enough? Have, I mean, that's a phrase. Yeah, I'm not disabled <laughs> enough. And because I don't have any learning difficulties, um, have any serious mental issues, I don't fall under that department as being mental enough. Um, you know, I just, I just don't fall into any of the specific departments that could, that could help me. And, and, that, and, and that was it. And I was just told, go back to housing options. Back of there I went and they said, look, there's nothing we can do. We told you that we, we, we feel, um, we've looked into your case, we feel that we, you haven't got a priority for housing for us to help you, for the council to help you. And you're going to have to look into the private sector. And I had been. And just not, not been able to find anything. Because as a single man, I'm only allowed to look for specific properties. And those properties are, are, are rare to, to, to really get hold of. Um, your story was in the Milton Keynes Citizen. And um, because of that, you've, you've got somewhere now, have you? I, I have, yeah. Yeah, because of the Milton Keynes Citizen, um, somebody came forward and, and they had a bed set that they was able to, to, to rent. And I'm 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 actually talking to you now from 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 a bedset, and it's you know amazing. Hey, that first night you you uh, you got into your room and uh, you, you sank down in your bed. That must have been pretty special. It was amazing. It it was amazing that not have to worry about who was walking past outside, where my stuff was, being able to just go and have a wash when I wanted, have something to eat when I wanted. Um, not have to continuously keep on the move, you know, trying to move from place to place because you moved from wherever you were sitting. It, it, it was it was an amazing feeling. Um, Hannah? Yep. Listen, I know you've got a, a really tough job and I really appreciate you coming on and answering the questions. Um, um, and I, I get a lot more what you're saying than perhaps you think I do. But, it's people like Connor and it's, it's, it's other families that we've spoken to. They look up to you and it's all right to say, well, it's the government or it's the previous administration, but you're the person doing the job now. And, um, you know, if you are homeless, whether it's street homeless or sofa surfing, a phrase I absolutely hate, um, you know, you're kipping in someone, you've got you and your kids in someone's spare room, you're their beacon of hope. And... Um, you know, to say, well, we had a we had a, a, a seminar and we've got some houses that will be ready sort of early 2018. To those people who are desperate, well, it doesn't sound like anything useful, does it? No, it, it doesn't. Um, and I, I completely, I can completely relate to that. And I completely understand that. And that's why we're doing as much as we can. And that is why officers are working into the night to try and place people. That's, over the weekend, I was ringing around trying to get, to get rooms for people. You know, which we, we're trying to do everything we can to, to house people in the midst of a housing crisis. And I'm not, I'm not saying that we're getting it right because, you know, obviously it's, it's getting worse. So we need, to do, we need to do more. But I don't want people to think that we're sitting back and doing nothing because we, we are. But it's just, it's just that we're doing it in the midst of a housing crisis. So everything we do isn't good enough. If we'd, been doing, if we'd done everything we've done last year, the housing, you know, we wouldn't have had anyone in bed and breakfast. We wouldn't have had them. But because the housing crisis is so much deeper than what it is, than, than what it was, it's, it, it, you know, what we're doing seems, seems like small fry. But actually, if you look at it in the context of what, where we've been, it, it's, it's um, it, it, you know, it, it would have been providing homes for people. So we need to do more. 
so we've got those things coming online. So we need we probably need another fifty or sixty rooms, um, and and we're looking at how we can how we can get that. And there are lots of you know there are lots of ideas coming through, and we are we've got um, the review group are coming back to us next week, and um, who are looking at, at bed and breakfast and homelessness. Um, they come back to us next week to, with ideas and, and and things that we can do. And it, it, it's it's a constant battle. It's a constant battle to house people because I I. I I know, I know how important it is for people to have a home a roof over their head. I know how important it is. Um, so I do as much as I can. And I can, I, you know, and I, I, I really appreciate you um, staying on the line and taking my questioning. And um, I, I can tell that you are very passionate about your job, Hannah. And um, it's a tough one. Um, I don't know what you do. You know, I'm just a bloke that talks on the radio. You know, I'm like, I'm glad it's not my job. I wish you the very best of luck. And I hope that um, some of these plans come off. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. It's Hannah O'Neill, the cabinet member for uh, housing at Milton Keynes. Connor, so everything is. Um, you're on the upward swing again, Connor. Well, I wouldn't say upward swing. I'm. I'm. I'm just happy to be. You know, with with, with a roof over my head. And, you know, just just small things. That's all I wanted was just a roof over my head. Um. Best of luck, mate. Thanks for uh, getting no, in touch. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye. 03459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, you're more than welcome to. Uh, you can text 81333, start your text 3CR. Um, I felt for both of those people. I felt for both of them. I, and fair play to Hannah because I gave her a tough grilling. A couple of people on Twitter having a go at me. Well, that's your prerogative. I, I, I think it was, um, it was warranted. Um, uh, I, I, but, but you can tell that she is very passionate about her job. She's yeah. not there just there to, uh, you know, because it's, it's, it's. Well, I don't know, maybe she's there because it's a step up the promotional ladder. But, you know, if she is phoning up places in, at night time to try and find houses, you can't knock that dedication. You can't knock that dedication. Uh, and I appreciate her um, putting up with the barrage of questions in such a calm fashion. Not a lot of other people would have done. Do you know what else? She sounded like a real person. Yeah, didn't she just? Didn't she just? It was June this year that we spoke to her. Oh, crap, right. Oh, th- thank you, Anna. We're, we're, uh, 03459 555 Thank you're, you. You're Join welcome. Us. You're welcome, Kelly. It's just my job. It's just what I do. It's just what I do. It's just what I do. Fair enough. That red light is really small. So is she. <laughs> it's, gin- it's ginormous. Uh... Sorry? What? Nothing. Not- nothing. Oh, th- oh, 45 minutes then, Glenn Tilbrook from Squeeze. How exciting. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 northbound, there's been an accident between Junction 8A for Oxford and 9 for Vista, which is causing some delays, but it is on the hard shoulder now. On the M1 southbound, it's very slow around Junction 12 for Flitwick. And on the M25, a lane's closed clockwise, approaching the QE2 bridge, which is causing delays southbound from Rumford. On the North Orbit Road in Bricketwood on the M25 Junction 21A roundabout is looking very busy there at the moment. And in Hemel Hempstead on Breakspear Way, it's also looking very slow between Leverstock Green and the M1. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. We'll get proper news by a professional in 15 minutes. But before that, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. After weeks of uncertainty, it's been confirmed Penn School near High Wycombe won't be reopening. 
Milton Keynes Charity Help Our Homeless says close to 150 people are in need of housing in the town, but the council is greatly underestimating the scale of the problem. And three new free schools for the three counties have been approved by the government, including a new secondary school in Luton and religious schools in Welling Garden City and Boreham Wood. Let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. As we take on a northerly airflow this week, things are cooling down a little, so a chilly start with some mist and fog patches. A few showers around today, and some of those will be a bit thundery, but uh, not necessarily for everyone, with sunny spells in between and temperatures reaching 17 degrees Celsius. Clear spells through the night, with the showers gradually calming down with lows of 8 degrees. And then a fairly sunny start to the day tomorrow with some showers, but cloud builds through the morning, and then we've got uh, some heavier showers later on, not as heavy today's though and they should be slightly more scattered so it will be at least a slightly drier day temperatures reaching 15 degrees celsius on friday it's looking rather wet with some showers on saturday but dry and fine on sunday and then warming up a little again as we take on a southerly airflow next week that's your latest forecast Every weekday morning. Good morning, Jonathan. Morning. Do you think it's right to tell a million disabled people they should get off benefits and find a job? Have your say on today's big phone-in. People who are going to be a nuisance are going to be a nuisance regardless of whether they're a thing to do. Is it true that people over the age of 65 drink far too much booze? The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Waited and the receipt came out but the cash didn't. It's become a problem of late because obviously the trees got bigger as we got here. We couldn't shut the French windows. It, it would appear that they'd buckled. I had a phone call from my daughter saying, if we don't get off the train, they're going to hand us over to the British Transport Police. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Some uh, choice texts there. That music's annoying, isn't it? Isn't it just? Some choice texts there. Yeah, Can I read my favourite one? Go on. People try to help and all you do is ridicule them. You are an arse and a bully. Wow. <laughs> Ouch! Meow! Meow! Who said that? No, an anonymous. Gosh, that was brave. Trev and, says, and not bullying at all. What does Ian expect Hannah to do? Magic up spare houses from thin air? Sounds like she's doing a tough job in difficult circumstances. And here's the point that's, that is ridiculous. I'd love to hear if Ian would be prepared to take in a homeless family and use his own spare bedroom to help people in need. I can't do that. I use it as an office. I doubt it. It's not an easy issue to solve. Please stop simplifying it. Says Trev, the man who suggested we take in homeless people into our spare rooms. No, no, no. Here's, here's how you solve it, Trev. I can tell you how to solve the housing crisis. I don't know if you guys want to know. It was. You build more houses and you, um, uh, you have enough social housing and you uh, make sure that private landlords, uh, there is a rent cap. I, I mean, is it? You build, you, you build more houses and you put a rent cap on private landlords. I mean... I don't know. Is that, uh, uh, that... I mean, Trev, really? I wonder if Trev um, texted before he heard the entire interview, because that would be interesting to know. Um, love the show, guys. Listen every day, says... Loser. V in Hartford. <laughs> Loser. I'm, I'm a bricklayer. I work on housing estates every day, and it doesn't take uh, 12 months to build one house. OK, I mean, I don't, I don't, I've got no When is idea. our government going to start looking after our people and not taking pay rises and spending £7 million on fencing say, in France? Can I just say, OK, and mm. again, sixth-form politics, but do you know what? There's something to sixth-form politics. Um, who's the, the smarmy um, plastic man? Not Andy Burnham, the one on the other team. Which one? The one... Um, um, not Gove. The money man. 
Oh, the money man, the Chancellor, Osborne. Osborne, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's I recognised him from your description. From, and the mime. No, the mime more than the other. OK. He's just, spe- he's just said, we're going to spend... Yesterday, we're going to spend half a billion pounds on a submarine base in Scotland. Half a billion pounds on a submarine base in Scotland, primarily to House Trident, something that the, 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 the uh, MPs haven't even voted on yet. Okay, half a billion pounds to house submarines. I don't know if there's half a billion pounds that could be spent on housing things. Sixth form politics. Why don't we spend it on um, housing? I don't know people. I just. I mean, really? Is it that? Uh, it's for housing submarines. What about the people? What about the people? I don't know. Do you want another text? One more? Yes, I have one more. From Andrew. Uh, Read the housing crisis. Why doesn't the government create prefabs similar to the ones put up after the war? With modern building materials, surely people with nothing nothing would love one. I certainly would. I've been living on the canal for 14 years and I'm over 60 now. It's becoming more difficult. Must be damp. Yeah. Um, Peter's. We'll go to the lottery story in a minute. Peter's uh, in Warmer Green. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Are you dry? I, yes. Because you were wet earlier. Well, you were wet and indeed naked. I know, I know. Anyway, he was in I the shower, ladies. A little image for you, ladies. Clothing. And indeed, Peter, some of the gentlemen. I'm sure you wouldn't mind a few male admirers. I've always been flattered whenever a homosexual has chatted me up. It's been a few years. I used to get it quite a lot. The chatting up. <laughs> well, well, I, I don't bother with that too much these days. Anyway, I was going to say to you, it's a very good probing questions you put. It's more unusual that a, a presenter puts probing questions to people and you was really sympathetic to how she had to deal with these I've things. been called a bully. Some, another anonymous know, is calling I me know. a bully. I'm a disgrace. Your law always gets some that uh, uh, think things have gone too far. But In fact, loads of it, hey, everyone's that, having a go. You're I far too to... harsh on Hannah. Some of your comments were below the belt, says Imran. Lee, get yourself a real job instead of criticising those that are doing work for the homeless. Uh, well, I thought you have to be probing, really, because that if you... Lots of these programmes, they wash over things that really need a bit more depth. And when you're looking at... When you're looking at places now where there's a housing problem... We must ask, the first question that must be asked, how many people from London and other places have you accepted into your area? Yep. Because that causes a problem. It caused a problem for Luton. They were already in desperate plight with bed and breakfast. They accepted families in for bed and breakfast from other areas, which creates a bigger problem. So all, all in all, really... We are saying there's a desperate, desperate housing problem. Half a billion pounds on something to home submarines. What about half a billion pounds? How cool would Osborne look, right, um, if he came out and said, yeah, do you know what? You know the submarine thing? That, yep. What was that stupid? No, that half a billion uh, pounds I'm going to spend on building new but houses. I, but I don't think you need to miss out on one and, and have the other. Oh. You could do both. Hey, Peter, I, I'm noticing... Furthermore... Yes? Furthermore, Never mind the furthermore, the plea is self-defence, yes? Well, when you're talking about prefabs... Yes. I was uh, young when prefabs oh, went up God. and everything else. I thought they you lived in caves years. when you were a kid. They lasted the 60, 70 years instead of the 
Peter, Peter, I've got to move on because we've got we've got a guest coming on. Who I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, okay. But I'm noticing I'm noticing a real change in your attitudes. There's there's more. How can I put this? There's more swag about you. There's more vibe about you. What's changed? <laughs> no different. No different. If you if you've been in if you've been a formal into industry boy, you have to. You have to take all sorts of things in your stride. Well, I, I believe you took Justin Dealey in your stride, didn't you? Well, I thought I, I thought we got on comfortably well. You went out on the streets with Dealey? Yeah, well, until I saw his World War I trench coat. <laughs> that that, that um, put you in a state of panic, did it? It reminded you of the bad old days. <laughs> you, 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 you dived into a trench. <laughs> Peter, nice to talk to you, mate. Take care. Bye. Ta-ta. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Aylesbury Vale District Council says it'll become the first council in the country to launch a community online lottery if plans are approved next week. With a jackpot of up to £20,000, the money raised will be shared amongst local groups. Uh, Councillor Janet Blake is a Cabinet Member for Business Transformation at the Council. How does this work, Janet? Morning. Morning. Um, it's it's a, a similar process to the National Lottery in that it's a selection of six numbers, but the uh, the cost is a pound as opposed to the two pound promoted by the National Lottery, and it's just a once a week draw. So um, people will sign up online, either with a payment card or, or um, through direct debit. Okay. And how have you, have you this, this is still being discussed, isn't it? This is being just kind of decided on next week, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, the Do you know is, is, is sorted, and yeah, that's the one that I will propose to council, but yeah. Do you know, is there an interest in this from, is there a willing market out there? We know that we spoke to one charity earlier on that's kind of thinking this might be a good way of, of increasing their revenue. Do you know if there are people out there that would want to buy this lottery ticket? I'm pretty sure there are, because lots of uh, um, voluntary and community groups have their own set of supporters, and we hope with our umbrella uh, lottery, which is what it is, um, that it will engender even more support for local groups. So I see it as a huge opportunity for, for the voluntary sector to, um, to garner more support for their very worthwhile causes. And how would um, the, the charities apply to be part of this scheme? Yeah, they'll need to sign up with, uh, with AVDC because we will be the, uh, the overall operator and all being well, if council approves it, we'll have a big launch event at uh, the end of this month, possibly beginning of October. We will invite uh, any community voluntary group that's uh, interested to come along and we'll explain what they need to do. There's a simple set of criteria that they have to uh, fulfil, you know, be a properly constituted group. But um, that being the case, then they can sign up and then people will be able to choose who, who uh, ah. gets the, the... Ah, I see. So you, uh, how, how do they choose? Is, is it, does it depend on... When they, they register online, do they tick a little box saying, I want yeah, to help the kids? Yeah, and... they'll, they'll, they'll be able to... Oh. Of the groups that have uh, joined up with us. So, you know... Um, that, that, that's oh, that's a, an interesting really way of doing thing. it. Now, yeah. this, 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 this £20,000, Janet... Yeah. Any... I mean, can you, uh, can you swing it? I mean, I'm happy... To, I'm, I would be more than happy to split it 60-40 in my favour... Can you... Even for you, my friend, I couldn't do that. But oh. I'll tell you what would happen yeah. is if several people all had, as it happens that the odds would be far against it, but if several people all had the winning numbers that week, yeah. 
every single one of them would get 20k. Hey, flipping it, that doesn't sound bad, does it? Because it's not split. So, um, you know, the, the chances of winning overall are 1 in 50, and prizes start at just two numbers. So it really offers a, a very good alternative. To, what, what, do I get for two, what do I get for two numbers? For two numbers, you can have three free goes. Hey, that, well, that's, that's, do you know what? I'll have some of that. Uh, Janet, listen, it's a really interesting idea, and it'll be interesting to see what the council says next week. Maybe we'll speak again and, uh, and see which way it goes. Yeah, great stuff. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, that's uh, Councillor Janet Blake. Isn't it nice to hear someone enthusiastic about their job? Wasn't she delightful? Well, we'll speak to her next week and find out if that gets the thumbs up or not. I'd be up. I, my favourite thing. You're not allowed to do it now, Kath. My um, my uh, nan uh, and my mum actually. Uh, it, there used to be a little hut in uh, the Queensway Shopping Centre in Slough that would sell the scratch cards. Yeah. And my mum would say, it, when I was like eight, is is a fifty p or whatever it was. Is fifty p? Go and get us a couple of scratch cards. And I go and buy the scratch. Can't sell them to kids now. This political madness gone wrong. Uh, and I'd get it, and you go back, and if you got, oh, we got, a free, we got another free card. Go back and get the next. I used to love that. We have relations who always put a scratch card in a Christmas card. That's our present. <laughs> Northern, isn't it? No, actually. Hey, no. The Southerners. Yeah. yeah the, the Northerners have rubbed off on them. They'll send it. That's the rumor going around. They'll send me a fiver, in a card still, like in the olden days. <laughs> <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Slow on the A1M southbound between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. Also, the M25 anti-clockwise is busy between Junction 20 for King's Langley and 19 for Watford. And the A40 is busy heading a- heading into London between the Swakeley's roundabout from the Hangar Lane gyratory. Also in Beaconsfield on Amersham Road, it's looking very busy at the moment between Longbottom Lane and the A40. And in Hardiston on the A414 westbound, there are queues at Pepper Hill approaching the Amwell roundabout. On the train, the punch boards are no delay showing up at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. And just to clarify, I'm really sorry. I'm, I've been mm. such a busy morning. The situation with the horses, that is all stable now, yeah? See, uh, yeah, like about an hour ago. Okay, so it's it's all completely stable. Well, it's busy on that road, as I just, just right. said. Right, yeah, okay. But not because of the horses. Do you want a hug, Sammy? <laughs> yeah. See you in a minute. <laughs> Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Jessica Cooper. The headlines, Penn School to remain closed, MK homeless problem underestimated and more free schools announced in the Three Counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. Administrators have failed to find a buyer for Penn School in Buckinghamshire after weeks of uncertainty for parents, staff and students. The special school for almost 80 deaf and autistic children went into administration in July, just two weeks before the end of term. Parent Amanda Burgess told Ian Lee they still had hope it would reopen. There's just so many of the children still without a, a school place. Um, and I, you know, you look on Facebook and at uh, the messages, and you look at the emails that I'm getting from some of the parents, desperate, desperate now as to what on earth they're going to do. They were really holding out for for Penn to reopen in some way, shape, or form. Milton Keynes Council says it's doing all it can to tackle homelessness in the town after claims from a local charity that they were underestimating the scale of the problem. Help Our Homeless MK says close to 150 people are in need of somewhere to live. Hannah O'Neill is the Cabinet Member for Housing at Milton Keynes Council. Ofsted are working 
into the night to try and place people. Over the weekend, I was ringing around trying to get to get rooms for people. You know, which we, we're trying to do everything we can to, to house people in the midst of a housing crisis. Thousands of passengers trying to use services through the Channel Tunnel faced disruption again last night as groups of migrants blocked rail tracks in Calais. Eurostar was forced to cancel two services. Steps are being taken to improve the health of more than a million NHS staff in England. The aim is to cut the amount of time staff lose to sickness. Currently, sick pay costs almost £2.5 billion a year. Three new free schools for the three counties have been approved by the government. They include a new secondary school for Luton and several primary schools in Hertfordshire. Our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, has more. St Anne's High School for Girls will open in Luton in 2017 and take 750 students when full, specialising in sciences, technology, engineering and maths. Two religious schools are planned for Hertfordshire, the Hearts International Christian School in Wellington City, taking 634 to 11-year-olds, and the Jewish Yavne Primary School in Boreham Wood, set up by the Yavne College Academy. The three schools are among 18 being announced across the country by the Department for Education. Aylesbury Vale District Council is hoping to become the first council in the country to launch its own online community lottery. The weekly draw would raise money for local groups with a jackpot of up to £20,000. Councillors are due to make a decision on whether to go ahead with the lottery next week. In sport, Luton Town are through to the second round of the Johnson's Paint Trophy after last night's 2-1 home win against Leighton Orient. Danny Green opened the scoring in the first half with a late goal from Stephen O'Donnell. And the weather, some sunny spells this morning morning with scattered showers developing later, some heavy showers with the risk of thunder and highs of 18 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with fair up. I've never been with anything less than a man. So fine, I've been on fire with Sally Field, gone fast with a girl named Bo. Somehow they just don't end up as mine It's a death-defying life I lead I take my chances I die for living in the movies and TV But the hardest thing I ever do Is watch my leading ladies Kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee I might fall from a tall building time in school but I taught ladies plenty it's true I hire my body out for pay hey hey I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rocky Welch but when I wind up in the hay it's only hay hey hey I might jump an open drawbridge or Tarzan from a vine cause I'm the unknown stuntman that makes Eastwood look so Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio.
morning, Justin. Good morning, boss. Oh, OK. Now, we have actual breaking news, dear listeners. We have actual breaking news. Um, oh, I haven't got a script for pen. Can you give me uh, a little uh, scriptage? I'll read, I'll read an old one just to kind of set the scene. Um, why is my computer going to come? Where, 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 where is it? Where have you put it? Um, oh, there, thank you. The fight to save Penn School is over. Administrators confirmed last night that the last deal on the table hasn't worked out. You know what Penn School is. It's the school for deaf and autistic kids where um, they were struggling in other schools, they were bullied in other schools, they were ignored or they were had, in one case, had stickers put on them to indicate they were, in inverted commas, special. Uh, and Penn School transformed their lives. Um, well, it's closed. It's The deal is, is not happening. And um, throughout this whole thing, the last few months, we've been trying to speak to... Let me just read this name of trustees out. We've been trying to speak to some of these. These are the trustees of the, the, the charity that runs the, the school. Paul Ricketts, Hugh Forsyth. By the way, those guys are listening. Morning. Carrie Allen, Dara Gallick, Wendy Moyer, Kerry Lee McLeish and Timothy Layfield. They are the trustees. Most of the times, certainly at the start of this story, every time we cover this story, we invited at least one of those people to come on. They always refused. It's always been an open invitation. Uh, instead of talking to us, they spoke to one of their mates who runs a PR company uh, in Soho. Didn't pay him, but he would send out press releases. So instead of addressing us or speaking to the parents, um, they got a PR company. Well, Justin, mm. you have you have done the impossible. This morning, you have spoken to not one, but two mm. of the trustees from Penn School. This is yep. this is incredible. Well, what I, happens? I, I've been to all the meetings before with the parents. None of the trustees have been there. Uh, Paul Ricketts uh, spoke to Paul this morning. Yep. Uh, picked up the phone. Yeah, good morning. Hi, it's uh, Justin here from BBC Three Counties Radio. And before you knew it, the phone was slammed down. Okay, that's, so that's Paul that's Ricketts. Paul. You okay. spoke, but you spoke to Paul. Yeah, for, for about, what, two seconds? Okay. He said hello. But you actually had a conversation with, uh, was it Hugh? Yeah, Hugh, Hugh Forsyth. Forsyth uh, well, the, I've emailed in the past and hasn't mm -hmm. returned my emails. Okay. Uh, the chair of the trustees. Mm -hmm. um, the phone did go down, but we had a conversation for about, what, 60 seconds or so. Yeah, I, said, um, I said, I said, Hugh, I said, uh, we'd love to get you on the programme this morning. Um, obviously, now we know that the school yeah. won't be opening up and, and carrying on as an ongoing concern. Uh, would you like to come on and talk? He said, I won't be talking to you. I said, um, OK, can I ask why? Uh, he says, your broadcasting has been highly Offensive. Now, is he speaking about your Saturday show? Because <laughs> that I could understand. Or is he he's speaking about the way we've covered this story? He's speaking about the way... Say that again. OK. He said our broadcasting about this story and the way we have spoken about the trustees has been highly offensive. I said, Hugh, uh, we have offered you the opportunity to come on this programme time and time again. Now we know the school will not be carrying on... Would you like to join us on the programme after eight o'clock today? He said, nope, I won't be. I said, can I ask why? He then said that we've been extremely abusive. Now, well, if that's if that's if we've been abusive, Mr Forsyth, I look forward to receiving the Ofcom complaint mm. and your lawyer's complaint because... We haven't, mate. We haven't. I think you've been uh, rude and disrespectful to the parents of those poor kids uh, who have been treated absolutely appallingly. Forget talking to us. Forget talking to us. Although you know that would would have would have would have uh, mean you could have addressed them all in one one fell swoop. Mm. Forget talking to us. You didn't even have the decency to stand in a classroom in front mm. of all those parents and explain what happened. You didn't have the decency to do that. I find that offensive and abusive. So just lastly, um, I then said, okay. 
would you like again to join us on the programme after eight o'clock at your convenience to talk to uh, our listeners? I won't be talking to you. I said, no, no, you'll be talking to our listeners who have got a keen interest in this story. Um, he then said, no, I won't. I said, can, can I just relay why you won't be coming on the programme? No comment. I said, but yeah, can I just ask you again why you won't be coming on to talk to us this morning? No comment. Oh, tough guy, Hugh. No comment. And then the phone was put down. So that is uh, what happened uh, in the last, what, 15 or 20 minutes. Extremely and disappointing. <laughs> we're going to go to, we've got someone we've got to go to in a second very quickly. But um, you were saying, is it your dad that's a trustee of a charity? Mm, he is, yeah. Uh, and he was saying that if, if there was a situation that may have, you know, may potentially look bad for whatever yep, reason... Yep. He would come out and he'd come and he'd come and meet the people mm. that he was responsible Again, to. We are not for 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 any minute here saying they've done anything wrong. No, but but the reason this story has got so big and ended up on national radio is because of the silence. If the trustees silence and the press yes, release trustees and going to a PR company that backfired. You know, I know other people as well who are trustees in charities, and they said to me, if they were in this situation, they would come yeah. on and explain the facts, and that would be it. We that. wouldn't be in the situation. And if they'd done that two months ago. Mm. We wouldn't, be we wouldn't be calling them out on air. There's 50 yeah. minutes left, if you're listening, uh, and I know someone will be. Yeah. 03459 No, five, they won't. Five. They won't. The arrogance, the arrogance of those people. They so won't wait, now saying this. The arrogance of those people to not even speak to those parents. Uh, that see. is disgusting. Uh, Mr Paul Ricketts, Hugh Forsyth, Carrie Allen, Dara Gallick, Wendy Moyer... Kerry Lee McLeish and Timothy Layfield. I think that is absolutely just disgusting. I mean, I, as I say, just lastly, I got into all the meetings with the parents. They wanted me there. The head teacher turned up, and um, you know, she took some some tough questions. But sadly, the trustees weren't there. They won't talk to us this morning. Okay. It's very disappointing. Uh, thank you, Justin. Thank you for making those phone calls. We can uh, speak to uh, Yakub Hanif, uh, who was a teacher at Penn. Morning, Yakub. Morning. Uh... Morning, everyone. Yeah, it's, it, you've, you've caught me in a, in a bad mood. You, you heard that there, the two of the trustees, one hung up and one said that he thought our, our broadcasting, our coverage of this story was um, was uh, abusive. Well, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. That's been their attitude the whole way through. At least they've been consistent in that. They've, they, they, they haven't spoken to the teachers at any point, have they? Uh, absolutely not. I mean, from, you know, from the, uh, from the very start, they just... Just sat there, just stared at us, wouldn't answer any questions, um, and they've been, you know, just they just disappeared and said that it's not a problem anymore. Jakub, you taught um, IT at Penn, um, and you kind of read the signals uh, early on, and you managed to find yourself another job, didn't you? Yeah, that's correct. Ian. Uh, in fact, you know, um, uh, I, I'm about to start about a half an hour, but uh, you know. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Ian, I'd rather be going back to Penn today uh, to start, you know, another academic year. But, you know, um, that business was taken out of our hands. And uh, even now, not all the staff have been able to find new jobs for September. So you're one of the... Is it day one today? I get so confused with the bank holiday. It just throws me completely off, off my treadle. Um, is it day one today or day two? Uh, it, well, it depends on where, where, where you are. Um, well, for, I mean, for you? Uh, for me, for me, it's day one today, yeah. Day one, okay, all right. And um, uh, are you looking forward to it? Uh, well, yes and no, because, yes, it's a new start, but, you know, with the, just like the kids, we have to start all over again, you know, getting yeah. to know a whole set of you know, new school, a new way, and uh, so, the, you know, there is a bit of, you know, um, a bit of, you know, a bit of nerves there, yeah. to be honest. 
Isn't that funny? I, 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 just, I remember being a kid at school and starting a new school or starting a new year and, and the nerves, but it's interesting to think that the teachers have got the same, um, the same thing going on. Jakub, listen, I, I appreciate the times that you've, uh, you've spoken to us. And I, I wish you the very best of luck at your new school. I'm sure it'll be a, a, a wonderful success for everyone. Thank you, Ian. Thanks for, to everyone out here. You know, think catches for the sport for everyone out there. Yeah, cool. best of luck. Thank you, mate. There's, he's one of the good teachers. There's a lot of them about. He's one of the good. I mean, the, 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 you know, him saying, oh, "Well, yeah, I've got a job and stuff, but I'd rather be at Penn." And as he mentioned, there, some of his uh, contemporaries haven't managed to get jobs yet. Some of them have lost their home because they were boarding there at, uh, at Penn School. Saying that, what, what, how, did, how did he describe our broadcasting of uh, the coverage of this? Um, offensive, first of all, and then he said we've been abusive. I've, I, well, we've not been abusive. Not been abusive in the slightest. You say we've been abusive. I look forward to receiving the uh, the email from Ofcom and the letter from your solicitor because we haven't, and you know that's nonsense. Uh, you just don't like what we've been saying. But you've had the chance to counter it at all points, and you still have if you're listening. Hi, oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Any? No, all the texts are still banging on about um, same old, uh, same old, same old. So um, yeah. What? Well, no. Trev says that oh, he was—he sent his text through saying you were being uh, awful to Hannah while you were in the early stage of the conversation. He thinks you softened at the end. Um, so thanks for that. Um, thanks, Trev. John, I didn't quite get the names of these trustees of Penn School. Could Ooh, you read them out? Happy, so I don't have any, anything to do with them. Happy to read those names out again. Uh, these are the trustees, Mr. Paul Ricketts, who hung up on Justin uh, as soon as he mentioned his name. Fair play. I've done the same. Oh, Mr. Lee, not live here no more. <laughs> really. Uh, Mr. Hugh Forsyth, who who said that um, what what we've been abusive. Yeah, uh, we've been aff- it was offensive broadcasting, and we've been abusive. Okay, thank you, Hugh. Uh, Carrie Allen, Dara Gallic, Wendy Moyer, Kerry Lee McLeish, Timothy Layfield. Those are the, uh, the the trustees who couldn't look the parents in the eye. Uh, BBC Three Counties r- r- Radio is the um, just doing a little bit of the old computer magic that looks. Does that look right? Does that look right, Kelly? Yeah, let's bang on. Is it bang on? Yeah. Let's go bang on then. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's slow on the M1 southbound round Junction 12 for Flittick and the A1M is busy southbound 2 round Junction 9 for Letchworth towards Junction 7 for Stevenage. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's busy between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. The A41 southbound in Kings Langley has queues just before the M25 Junction 20. And in Charleston on the A1 Great North Road, there are queues approaching the Black Cat roundabout now from the St. Neots Junction. On the train departure boards, there are no delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Breath, BBC 3. Counties Radio. And just to clarify, because we're getting so many texts and okay. tweets about this, where was this horse? Was it a horse or several horses? Oh, there was just two. Well, so, okay. Um, <laughs> two very powerful creatures, powerful creatures. And oh, where, yeah, I mean, where they, had to, they had to close the whole road for it. Which road was it? Uh, I tried to remember now. It was the, I think it was the A40. It's in Hartford. Okay. I'm having, having a look And the now. situation. It was the A10. Okay, the situation is now stable. Yes. I bet it was a bit of a mare when it was going on. I think it was, yeah, yeah, because they had to close the road. Um, it's mm. busy now on the A441. But it's, sta- but it's stable. The, the, the situation horses is stable. Yes. Okay, that's great, Sammy. Thank you so much, Sammy. They're, really... gone, they're gone. They're back in the stable. Yeah, they're back. So it's stable? Yeah. Brilliant. That's I'd great. imagine. Thank you so much indeed. Thank, I really appreciate that. It's Christmas every 15 minutes on this show. 
Uh, 8.17, it is, um, gosh, what's the day? Wednesday, the 2nd of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been confirmed Penn School near High Wycombe in Buckinghamshire won't reopen after administrators failed to find a buyer. Milton Keynes Council says it's doing all it can to tackle homelessness in the town after claims from a local charity. They were underestimating the scale of the problem. And new free schools have been approved by the government in Luton, Wellingarden City and Boreham Wood. On BBC One. I've never been to India before and I thought, rather than dip my toe in the water and slowly acclimatise... I thought I'd just dive in. Sue Perkins explores one of the most exciting and vibrant cities on Earth. This is Calcutta. It's like an exploding grenade of colour and sound and quite a lot of smell, if I'm honest. Telling the story of India's past, present and future. 14 million people live here in what was once the absolute jewel in the crown of the British Empire. So welcome to the city of joy! Calcutta with Sue Perkins, part of India season. Tonight at 9 on BBC One and BBC One HD. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five seven. If you want to give us a call, Glenn Tilbrook from Squeeze coming up in. I I mean what? I, I'm going to say fourteen minutes. I'm going to say fourteen minutes, and um, we'll play the new Squeeze single as well. It's a doozy, guys. It's an absolute doozy. Um, any texticles? Let's have a look. Let's 81333, look. start your text 3CR, otherwise it ends up in some other loser's uh, text machine. Adam in Hemel says, offensive and abusive. If that's what the administrators think of a local radio show doing above and beyond for a local school, then it's no wonder Penn had no chance. Adam from Hemel. Thank you, Adam. Um, someone else wanting the uh, trustees' names. No, I, don't. Okay. I mean, really? Yeah, we've, done, we've, we've, we've done that. We've done okay. that. That's, that's um, Patton Houghton Regis talking about the homelessness problem in Milton Keynes specifically. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, this country's on meltdown. The answer to our housing problem years ago was to... Have a guess what he's going to say. Uh, send them to war. Control our borders. Close. Our governments have failed us. The Close. answer to homelessness is to stop cutting benefits to the vulnerable and get rid of the bedroom tax and stop all immigration into this country. Now for something more simple, build more houses. Oh. Um, so I, um, uh, okay, we've got, we'll, 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 uh, I've got a pic- I want to talk about this picture of a man playing a didgeridoo to a pregnant woman's tummy. In I mean, a bit. he's shooting we'll, that straight into her. That's, I mean, there's, there's, that's just gonna. That kid's not going to want to come out. We'll, we'll get there in a second. Let's carry on talking about Penn uh, School. Um, uh, you know, it's closed and uh, there is not a buyer. Um, and we continue our abusive coverage. At one point, the families uh, involved in Penn School tried to raise a million pounds in an effort to buy the school themselves. Um, well, that didn't work. Amy Clark set up the family's crowdfunding page and joins me now. Morning, Amy. Morning. Hi. How much, how much did you get in the end? Um, well, altogether, we raised um, just under £11,500. Um, it was literally just shy of 11500 So a good go, but significantly less than the million quid that you needed. Yes, yeah. Um, it was a shame, but we gave it our best shot. And well and, done. And, and, and no one can yeah. criticise you for, for, for having a go. Um, your sis- is, it, right, it's your, your sister that went to Penn, wasn't it? That's right, yes. How, um, I mean, uh, what's the situation with her today? Because we know that Penn School, as as a a viable prospect, is now gone. That that is not happening. Uh, And some uh, families were kind of hoping that Penn would reopen and they were holding off finding new schools. What's the situation with your sister? Well, my sister um, doesn't have a school to go to, 
so she won't be um, starting a school this week. Um, my mum's, you know, she's viewed the schools in the near area and, you know, the closest ones that we've, we have around this way, but there's nothing um, suitable in, in this area for Rebecca. So my mum's going to have to start looking further afield, but we don't really know how that's going to work because my other sisters um, still go to school in Wickham. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a massive um, task now that my mum's going to have to um, start looking. Where does... I, I wouldn't even have a clue where to start looking. Does she, does she Google it? Does she phone up the local council? How does it work? Well, my mum will probably just have to, you know, do her own kind of searches, basically. Um, she was recommended a few schools by um, other parents and, you know, people that she knows. Mm. And then she just has to go from there and see what sort of comes up. So lots of kids starting school yesterday and today. Uh, Rebecca's still at home, is she? She is, yes. Um, like my other sisters go back this uh, tomorrow and I think Monday um, and then Rebecca's just going to be at home for now um, and we're just going to have to you know do some do some work at home with her until something comes up do you know what? I, I was so relaxed then I nearly swore it, it's a I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase it it's a rotten situation isn't it it is yeah it's it's awful uh, well, uh, you know, I, I wish you, you and Rebecca and your mum and your rest of your family the best of luck, Amy. And, um, you know, w- well done you for trying to change things. You had a go. Not everyone, yes, not everyone yeah. has a go. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Amy. Take care. Best of luck. 03459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. So, did you see the picture of... Um, I got c- called a misogynist for this the other day, so I'm going to say it again because it's not misogyny at all. It's... Um, in fact, well, did, let me tell you. Okay, did you see the picture of Tamara Eccleston, the billionaire s, the billionaire s, mm-hmm. um, breastfeeding? Yeah, right. But she wasn't. It wasn't like her out at you know in Nando's or you know in Primark or you know in the shopping centre. No, it was a really expensive photo shoot. It's her wearing, I think, a leather jacket. Nothing underneath. It looked like. Like a sort of, it may have been a leather skirt, kind of a skirt that was kind of had strands on it. Baby up to breast. Mm-hmm. Nothing funny about breastfeeding, mate. It's very no, serious. No, I'm just laughing at your description of a skirt. It's good. Well, it's, it's I like think you meant fringing rather than strands. No, I meant strands. Because strands make me think that she needed a cotton cut off. No. Um, and she's got like the hair, the makeup is done, and she's doing. Oh, she's doing duck face. She's doing a she's doing a sexual pout. Oh, you can't do that with a baby there. No, you can't do that with a baby there. It was completely inappropriate. She's there doing a mouth open, lips pointing your duck face, lips pointing forward, and we all know what that's what that's suggesting. It's it's ingrained into our DNA to know what that's suggesting. Yeah, exactly. Don't mind it. That's horrible. Um, uh, and she was doing. You can't breast. I, 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 breast do you know feeding. what I looked like when I was breastfeeding in public? I look like a woman fighting under a poncho. You look like a... I think, I bet, I'm going to describe what I think you look like. A French boy stealing a baby. <laughs> Am I right? I had long hair then, so I look like um, Captain Caveman stealing a baby. 
<laughs> it's just... But, you know, I try and do it subtly, but the baby had other thoughts and wanted to break free, and I tried to, you know, I tried to be subtle about it. It was, it was just, it was you, a cannot, tent. you cannot combine the sexual imagery that her face was portraying with the um, the Mother Earth imagery of uh, breastfeeding a baby. I, I think you, could, you should breastfeed anywhere, apart from in photo studios, while you're doing sexy faces. Have you well, seen, you got the picture in front of yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, it really... Whenever I see a, a woman successfully breastfeeding in public without, you know, flashing the world, I always think, fair play, good girl. I could never do it. So no. I stopped trying no. and went somewhere private. There is that awkward moment, though, when um, you're just kind of... You know when you just look at people, but you're not really looking at them? And then you... What, what, you found, what she Googled there? Nothing. My friend... We were all sitting together, all the yeah. NCT women. And my friend's dad came in to see the babies. Yeah. And we were only one of us was nursing at this point. Okay. But he went over to her and gave her a little kiss. And it was while he was down there that he realised what she was doing. Why would he kiss her? On the cheek. Again, what? Why? But again, why would you kiss? Well, he a... went round kissing everyone, saying hello to everyone in a breastfeeding class. No, Your dad's some was, kind of deviant. No, 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 it wasn't my dad. It was my oh, friend's dad, and he'd no. gone to. Her, we were at her house. I would never. So as never... far as she, he was concerned, it was a load of women having a coffee. Oh, well, it's still weird to go around kissing them. I'd go around. All right. All right. No, no. I'll give the hand, the hand up. All right. He, All right. Also, he also struck. Maybe a point. He also right. struck the baby's cheek. Aye. That's the point when he realised what was going on. That she was having milk with her coffee. It's the worst thing when you're you're just staring, you're just looking at someone, but you're not really taking them I in because you're. And then you go, oh my god, there's boob. I could never do it, and I could certainly never do it in front of my dad. Yeah. Anyway, this look at this plum. For the most for most expectant mothers, it's probably not their idea of the perfect way to give birth. But the latest trend for some women is to have the didgeridoo yeah. played to their bump. Yeah, it's not. Play the didgeridoo played to their bump? Are you joking? Um, these are just some of the unusual methods mothers are turning to. Uh, oh, documentary Women are spending upwards of £650 for session. Oh, this... How much? 650 quid Hang for on. sessions, including body painting. You can do that at home. Dolphin swimming. And sound therapy. Oh, stop it. Sound therapy. I need the sound of a car engine starting for the sound <laughs> therapy. Some others to be... Oh, for crying out loud. Here we go. Here we go. Nut job alert. Some mothers-to-be even use crystals to divine information about their fetus because they do not trust ultrasound scans. Oh, I, uh... Damn you, science. Darina Roisin and her husband, Maika Sun Eagle, yeah. run a spiritual healing centre in Hawaii. Mm. They use the rhythm of music in the hope it will make Roisin's labour easier. Good luck with that, guys. I'm going to read this sentence, right? And I'm not going to comment on it. And we're going to go. Um, we're going to go to travel. I'm going to read this sentence. Mr. Sun Eagle is seen playing a didgeridoo to his wife's bump. <laughs> Get a punch in the face for now, me. Here's, here's this. I don't, I, we'll, we'll discuss this afterwards because I have no idea what this means. Oh dear. Miss Roisin is planning a dolphin-assisted birth. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio.
is the only M1 southbound around Junction 12 for Flitwick, and the M25 anti-clockwise is busy between Junction 24 for Potters Bar and 23 for South Mims. On the A40 Western Avenue, it's busy into London from the Denham roundabout towards Acton. And in Chawston on the A1 Great North Road, there are queues southbound between the, the Eaton Socon Turnoff and the Black Cat roundabout. Samantha Broth, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Jessica Cooper. The fight to save Penn School near High Wycombe in Buckinghamshire has been lost after administrators failed to find a buyer. The special school went into administration in July and many parents are still struggling to find alternative school places for their children. Milton Keynes Council says its officers are working through the night to try and house homeless people in the town. Help Our Homeless MK says close to 150 people are in need of somewhere to live. NHS staff are to be offered health checks to try to cut absence rates. Staff sickness is thought to cost the NHS in England almost £2.5 billion a year. And new free schools have been approved by the government in Luton, Wellingarden City and Boreham Wood. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton Town are through to the second round of the Johnson's Paint Trophy after last night's 2-1 home win against Leighton Orient. Danny Green opened the scoring in the first half with a late goal from Stephen O'Donnell, but the Hatters' assistant manager Terry Harris was disappointed with Jack Marriott's red card. If, if it was a, a, a gesture to the crowd, which I said, the one thing, a gesture to the crowd, then obviously he's inciting the crowd, and, and I understand. So, you know, he's a young lad, um, he, he certainly won't do it again, and we just need to sort of sit down and talk to him, you know. And it's disappointing, because I thought we worked ever so hard, um, and it just took a little bit of a gloss off for him, but uh, I said, he, he'll learn. It was a busy transfer deadline day for Watford yesterday. Jeff Doyle has the details. Young Belgium under-21 international striker Obi Uller signed a five-year deal from Bruges. Midfielder Adeline Guardiola agreed a three-year deal from Crystal Palace after two loan spells last year. And Colombian international forward Victor Ibarbo signed a season-long loan from Roma. Matej Vidra, Gabriel Angela and Miguel Leun all left on season-long transfers to Reading, QPR and Porto respectively. Andy Murray is safely through to the second round of the US Open. The British number one beat Australian Nick Kyrgios in four sets. Next, he faces Frenchman Adrian Manirano. And in boxing, Hatfield's Billy Joe Saunders WBO World Middleweight title challenge against Andy Lee has been postponed again. Saunders says he's frustrated that the fight won't happen on Saturday the 10th of October, but after receiving a cut eye in sparring, there's nothing he can do. That's the latest news and sport. There's more from me at nine. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, morning, Vivian. Good morning, Ian. Morning, Vivian. You're right. Yep, I'm fine. What you got for us? Well, um, I've been listening for ages about this Penn School closing, and I have got a special needs grandson, so it means a lot to me. Yeah, but it's happening. And on East Anglia last night, the six o'clock East Anglia news, they had this incredible school there. Yeah. It was just fantastic what it's got there for the children. And it is closing down because it hasn't got enough children there. It hasn't got enough pupils. And and apparently it's Ofsted have given it the incredible, you know, marks and everything. 
so why on earth aren't these places coordinating with I each just, other? I just don't know, Vivian. I mean, it's a, it's a world that, that, luckily, personally, I'm not particularly familiar with. Yeah. Um, but I don't understand. There doesn't seem to be any kind of, you know, d- d- join, joining of the dots, does there? No. Well, you know, to have this place closing down because there isn't enough pupils is absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, how on earth do you get them all together to, to get, you know, work themselves out properly? Because all these children from Penn's school could have gone there. Well, so, Vivian, I just don't oh. know, and it does my, uh, it does my nutting. It does my It in, does my know. absolute nutting. <laughs> uh, Vivian, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, three, four, five, nine. Four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you can text eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. Is Glenn not answering his phone? Well, his wife just answered. She's oh. making sandwiches for the kids. It's the first day back of school. She went, "Oh, yeah. flipping heck! Hang on a minute. Uh, she's going to get him to give us a ring back." Well, <laughs> this is what you know. This you, you don't get much more British. Oh, where's, I've, I've lost the new single. Hang on a minute. Let me find the new. All single. right. Well, he won't know about this because. Oh blimey! We could. I mean, we could lie and pretend that we played it, couldn't we? Yeah, okay, so... No, I, I've got it on my computer. Hang on, let me go to date added, because I don't think I'd labelled it as squeeze. Let me go past all that Brian Will... Oh, flipping heck. Oh, this, this, is, this is looking really bad, isn't it? I mean, no, well, is... he's not here, so maybe it's a fortunate thing. Well, no, but I want to play the new single, because the new single's good. Um, Can you remember how it goes? I'm really up the junction. No, that's the old single. That's the old one. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, California Girls, that's me interviewing the Divine Comedy. Oh, I like them. Yeah, they're good. It's from another radio station. I'd probably get in trouble if I... If Can I... we not nip the uh, start and end off? Squeeze. If I type in squeeze on my computer... I'm careful. Um, oh, no. It's... I don't think I'm... Oh, flipping heck. And they sent me this weird download thing where you can only download it. Hang on. P... Q... T... Where, where's squeeze aren't even coming up on here? Oh, no. This is this is awful. What can, what can I What can I do? What can I do to fill, Catherine? I've got, to go, I've got to go online and try and find it. Hang on a minute. We can talk about dolphins and babies. You talk about dolphins and babies. So well, she wanted a, what was it, a dolphin-assisted birth. What's, mean, wrong, what's wrong with having, um, you know, like a, a nurse-assisted birth? Exactly. Well, first time around, you'll try anything that anyone tries to peddle you and you go to these baby fairs and that and realise it's not like specialist rides and stuff. It's actually them trying to sell you stuff, like the ideal home show, but for tat. Um, and uh, then you kind of realise it's all nonsense. I did buy a hypnobirthing CD once, oh. and I, I think it worked in that it sent me to sleep within a good two minutes because her voice was so boring. The old hypnobirthing CD. Huh? But I don't think it made it any easier. That is just, I mean, those things don't work in the slightest, do they? Janet in Chesant says, are all these first-time mums, I wonder? After two, you realise nothing makes it easier. Janet hasn't wise words great from words, someone who's been there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hi, everyone at Three Counties. Oh, um, this is from, I don't know, we've got no name here, but um, it says, um, hi, everyone at Three Counties, totally heartbroken this morning. Penn was the most special place in the world. I hope those who have allowed this to happen and ruined so many wonderful children's and parents' lives can live with themselves. I know this will haunt and upset me for a lifetime. Shame on you. Thank you, especially Justin, for all your support. Oh, um, and on a positive note, says yeah. Andrew, thanks to all the early morning crew who entertained me and many others out here. I even get up early just to listen. Thanks again, Andrew. 
Well, it, 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 if only he paid us in some form of, um, I don't know, tax or, or licensing or something. That's what we need. I mean, good vibes are great, aren't they? But they're not going to get my babies bathed. They are not going to feed us, for goodness sakes. I can't find this flipping song. Oh, and I had it on my computer. They sent me this weird link, okay, the PR company, where you can only, you can only download it. You can only download it once, and then the link dies. Oh. Okay, and so I downloaded it, and I've just gone back to it, and I can't download it anymore. Sure, so... we should call the PR people. No! Well, I don't want them to know that I've failed. Dealey. Giza. 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 Uh, Glenn Tilbrook's not answering his phone. He's, he's on the toilet or something. Mm. Um, I've lost the <clears> new <throat> single. Yeah. You... <laughs> I've lost right. it. Yeah. Can, can, you've, you've taken this to the streets. Yeah. The, the, the squeeze and the Tilbrook, you've taken it to the streets. Yeah, I mean, Glenn, I'm sure, is listening to this right now. I think we're, we're getting him lined up to come on the phone. Yeah. A uh, music legend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I love so squeeze. I love squeeze. I put together one of my little packages on Glenn Tilbrook, his music, and also some reaction on the streets to, to Glenn and the fact he will be coming on the programme this morning. <laughs> Here's what happened, boss. <laughs> When it comes to giving, Glenn Tilbrook has given us lots. And everybody tells me that it's cool to be a cat, cool for cats. Along with Chris Difford, they gave the world songs like this, which was cruelly denied a UK number one by Art Garfunkel's boring bright eyes. Others included Up the Junction, Hourglass and Labelled with Love, just to name a few. To the streets we go and just the mention of Glenn's name lit up a dreary Dunstable. Sharon, you are a massive Glenn Tilbrook fan. What is your message to Glenn, who is listening to this right now? Now stop the giggles. What's your message to Glenn? Are you single? <laughs> I'll put it to him. Thank you very much. <laughs> Shake, how are you this morning, boss? Yes, I'm all right. Shake. I never thought it would happen with me and the girl from... Clapham. You know your stuff, Shake. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to call you a top shake. <laughs> All right, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Mick, when I say Glenn Tilbrook, when I say squeeze, what comes into your brain? It's cool for cats yes. up the junction. Du, 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 na, 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 na. Yeah. Glenn is uh, listening to this right now. What's your message to Glenn? Well, I hope he's doing all right and he's still carrying on with his music. I'll um I'll pass on the comps. Yeah, righty, all right. Cheers. Yeah, bye. See you, matey. Yeah. Glenn Tilbrook, respect to you, sir. I love you. The streets love you. I label you a music legend. Well, he may be a music legend, Justin, but he's yeah. a music legend that doesn't put things down in his diary. He's, got, he's supposed to be talking about Burko Fest, which I think is yeah. celebrating the Speaker of the House of Commons. Mm. On Saturday, the 12th of September, in Burke... Oh, it's in Burke Hampstead, so that would be what the Burko... I don't yeah, know whether yeah, John yeah, Burko's yeah. going to be there. Maybe it's Sally Burko. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's portly women in sheets. I don't know. Um, and then he's supposed to be talking about his new album. Yep. And I mean, I, mean I, I did think this morning when you said, Glenn Tilbrook, yeah. live on the show at 8.30, I thought, rock and roll start at 8.30. <laughs> What's going on here? He's, I mean, do we do we play the new single or do we do we ban it? Do we hang do on, a hang mic on, read hang and, on, hang and on a second, ban hang it? Hang on a second. Okay, I'm going to put some deep thought into this. Yeah, Glenn. Okay, yeah. okay, Glenn. Oh. Glenn. Oh, he's sending out a vibe. Special power. Sorry, Glenn. Please phone in. You will be coming on the show at some point between now and nine. It's going to happen. Let's see what. Let's see if the daily vibe is strong with this one.
is back and they're sounding good but I've got to be honest Glenn Tilbrook you need a new diary or something what the hell's going on with you man uh, <laughs> what are you doing I'm out and about I'm starting work aren't I <laughs> Oh, but mate, but I know it's, it's the first day back at term for everybody, young and old. So uh, God bless you for joining. How are you doing, Glenn? You're right. Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Very, I, very good. I indeed. cannot tell you how exciting it is. There's a new squeeze single and there's a new album out. Um, it's very exciting. It's one of those things, you know. Um, I suppose I, I could say I never thought it would happen, really, because uh, I didn't. But here we are. Uh, we've got an album, and uh, and furthermore, it's great. I know I would say that, but, but it is. Well, hang on a second. Let's let's put this to test. You say it's great. Uh, that must mean that you think you've done a few stinkers in the past. Um, no, I think that we sort of tailed off towards the end of the last time we were together. You yeah. know, I mean, this is the third time we've got back together again now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know... I don't know. I think there's there's no point in doing a record unless it's the best thing that we've ever done. And I think this is the best thing we've ever done. Oh, God bless you for that. I've only heard the single, and it's flipping brilliant. This is, this is strangely, is the soundtrack to the Danny Baker show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Cradle to uh, the Grave. That's right. How on earth is there a whole series about... I mean, I've read the books, and they're brilliant, and I can't wait to watch it. How did you get involved with that? I had, um... I had flu... Um, maybe four years ago, and I spent three days in bed. And that's when Daddy's book just first first came out. And yeah. I read it, thought it was brilliant. We have previous together, you know. Um, I've known him since, you know, we, we, we were in our teens. So I called him up and said, look, I've never said this to anyone before, but we should really be involved with this. We, you know, our, our, our history is a shared history. I know what that world was like, and... Me and Chris can write for that. And it sort of, it, it followed on from there. Um, the series itself is brilliant, you know, having Peter Kay play Danny's dad. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, a, that's genius. genius. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's really, it's really funny and it's poignant. And it's about, the, the, the series, you know, on a wider basis, it's about family values. And that's a, that's a lovely subject that we all know about. How do you do? do you how do you get the band back together? Do, is it you just do you just send a text out to everyone that's marked Squeeze in the phone and saying, "Hey guys, we should." Uh, I've got some <laughs> new songs. Text out to everyone that's marked Squeeze in the phone and be about four hundred people. <laughs> how do you do it? Do you just ring around? What's the what? What's the deal? Uh, you know, we've been we've been playing together for a while. We've been like the best Squeeze tribute band ever. Um, uh, but it, you know, it's a it's a it's a weird thing crossing the divide between doing old songs and, and creating something new. Yeah. That's really, you know, we've been back together since 2007, but this project really gave us the, the impetus to do something new, and that's, you know, for that I'm really grateful. I saw you lot flipping out. I'm going to age both of us now. Oh, geez, it was probably 26, 27 years ago. Okay. S- supporting the Kinks at the uh, at Alexandra Palace. Oh right, okay, I remember that gig. It, it was a good gig. Did you? How miserable is Ray Davis in real life? 
Uh, yeah, quite. <laughs> <laughs> I've, quite, I've interviewed quite, him. He's uh, our work, uh, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, Chris and I presented a, 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 a Q Award to Ray and Dave Davis. This is in the last days of them yeah. actually speaking. But uh, So we were at a table with them, but they wouldn't speak to each other. <laughs> <laughs> they would only speak to us. And, and were it, you and Chris speaking at the time? It was more Ray than Dave. Were you and Chris speaking at the time? Because that would we have been... Speaking. Yeah, we were oh. getting on fine. OK, because that could have been doubly... Dave, could you tell Chris that I want him to speak to Ray? <laughs> it could have been awkward. Um, OK, you've got some gigs coming up as well. I think you're doing Milton Keynes sometime in September. I should have the dates in front uh, of me. Yeah, but... that's uh, Tuesday, September the 29th. That's oh, well done, oh, well done. I know! <laughs> and you've, uh, you're also at Burko Fest. It turns out it's not about Sally Burko or John Burko. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Burkhamstig Cricket Club on Saturday the 12th of September. Yeah, I've done Burko Fest before. It was really, really good. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to both of them. Brilliant. Well, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to hearing the album. And the series, the, the, the Cradle to the Grave, the show, I think it's tomorrow night, isn't it? It starts. It is, uh, yeah, it starts tomorrow night. Brilliant. All right, listen, it's so nice to talk to you, Glenn, uh, eventually. Thank you very much. Um, cool. And I hope the kids have a good day at school today. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Glenn. Take care. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Bye. There we go. Glenn Tilbrook, ladies and gentlemen. Eventually. Yeah. What a nice bloke. I'm grinning a little bit there because I've never got the chance to ask him about the time we took the whole audience outside. (laughs) Sorry about that, Kels. You'll have to have have that conversation with him uh, off air. Right, where are we now? It's 8.45. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the Trav. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M is very busy southbound between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. And southbound on the M1 from Junction 12 for Flitwick, it's looking very busy at the moment on the speed sensors for where the roadworks are. The M25 anti-clockwise is slow from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. And in Hemel Hempstead on Breakspear Way, that's busy from Leverstock Greenway towards the M1. In Brickettwood on the North Orbital Road, there are queues from the, at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And looking at the train departure boards, there are no delays at the moment causing any long queues Samantha Bruff BBC Three Counties Radio Sammy thank you very much indeed oh hang on the square when screen. it comes to giving oh hang on a minute oh blimey look, that's Delia I got, got, I got all excited there I thought we were uh, there yeah sure why not 8.46 it's Wednesday the 2nd of September I'm Ian Lee these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio administrators have failed to find a buyer for Penn School in Buckinghamshire after weeks of uncertainty for parents staff and students a Milton Keynes charity says the scale of the homeless problem in the town is being greatly underestimated with close to 150 people in need of somewhere to live and Aylesbury Vale District Council is hoping to become the first council in the country to launch its own online community lottery let's get the weather Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, we've got a bit of mist and fog to uh, start off with in some more rural spots. Elsewhere it's uh, quite bright already. Uh, a few showers around today, particularly in the afternoon. They could be a bit on the thundery side, uh, but sunny spells in between with highs of 17 degrees Celsius. Close spells through the night with showers calming down and uh, temperatures down to 8 degrees. And then a fair amount of sunshine around first thing tomorrow. Some showers through much of the day, but cloud builds through the morning and then by the afternoon those showers are becoming a little bit heavier. Um, not as heavy as today's though uh, with temperatures reaching 15 degrees Celsius. It's looking wet on Friday. We've got some showers around on Saturday but it should be dry and fine on Sunday. That's your latest forecast. 
even if you can't get to the match. Already, we're hearing stories of Watford fans saying that they are going to struggle to get here. All listen to the commentary. Got quick feet, hasn't he? Quick feet and good skill and good vision. You can still keep up to date with your local team with Three County Sport. There is the half-time whistle. It's nil-nil. Plenty to ponder. Follow us on Twitter to get all the team news. There's two changes from the team that won at Barnet on Saturday. Goals as they happen. Trying to make room for the shot. Very attentive to the corner of the net. Super goal from Luton Town. And reaction at the final whistle. Momentum changes very quickly in these games and uh, we're disappointed for that. Twitter.com slash BBC3CR and stay up to date with your local team. 03459455555 is the telephone number if uh, you want to uh, give us a call. Just had a phone call from someone with a very mysterious, oh. I'm going to say Eastern European accent, woman. Yeah. Sounded like, you know, your archetypal spy from the 1980s. And she made a really long point about, I think, about footballers' wages and Penn School and it being a disgrace that this money's floating around and they can't spend it on Penn School. Yeah. I said, oh, that, thank you for that. What's your name, please? I'm not interested was my name. Oh. So it, it, I, think we might, I think it might have been um, Moscow. Um, now, who's this Kerry Davis? She, was she one of the guests that, that decided she couldn't... No, no, no. Um, unfortunately, we've had a couple of guests this morning who have agreed to come on and then haven't picked up their phones. Yeah. Now, the point is, Kerry Davis was going to be commenting on one of those guests. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they didn't come on. Yeah. So there's very little point... In having half an interview, if you yes. know what I mean. Yes. So we've said that we will um, we'll hold on. Kerry's very, very keen to come on, as evidenced by the text message there, I think. Okay. Um, but we've said if we can reschedule, we'll do so and get both on at the same time, because it's worth hearing what she has to say, but only in reaction to what the other person Stop was. the clock. Name this film. Oh, no, hang on. Not that. That's um, the Beach Boys. Hang on a yeah. second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Stop the clock. Name this film. Oh. Sister Act. Oh, straight in there. Straight in there. How did you How did you know? Because I was around. I don't think time. I've ever seen the first Sister Act. I've, I've seen... Back in the Habit? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, you I, can't I, just dive in with Back in the Habit. I think I've seen... It was, it was on Channel 5. It was only 10 minutes in. I thought, ah, what the hell? You know, I'll have some of this. i tell you what, I'm halfway through. You know, nuns, Lauren Hill's in one of those. Nuns can be so much fun. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you, what, I'm halfway through, yeah. and it's brilliant. I had to stop it because it's because it's much swearier than I remember. I'll do an impression from a film. Okay, what's the film? Okay, okay. Um, um, okay no, hang on. No, I'm, I'm just trying to pick a bit that's not swear. <laughs> I'm I'm your attorney. I'm gonna be your attorney, what? and I'm gonna get you off this murder case. Goodfellas? No. Ah, Godfather. Wh- oh, go back one. That would be the consigliere, Good. wouldn't it? Goodfellas. Yeah. No, but right. I'm going to get you off this murder case. And I'm... How many, uh, how many cases have you dealt with? Well, this is my first murder case. How many cases have you dealt with in total? Well, it's the first time I've been in court. Hey, yo, yo. I don't believe you met my cousin Vinny. Yeah, my cousin Vinny. I've not seen that. Oh, and Kelly... I've not seen it for years. It is a million times better than I remember. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. So the karate kid, um, he's driving through Hicksville uh, and he accidentally steals a can of tuna, right, by mistake. And the police pull him off and he's in a cell and they're, they're questioning him about a murder. But of course, being police, they don't mention the murder. They just say, so why did you do it? He's like, 
oh man, I'm sorry, I didn't mean, I, I, I just uh, did it, I just did it. Yeah. Classic cross wires. Turns out he's confessed to a, to a murder, right, and then they can't afford an attorney. There's, oh, right. it's, it's just wonderful. The bit, okay, you get your phone call. And so they're in the phone in the office and all the police are watching them. We can't, you know they're all corrupt down here, they're all taking backhanders, we're going to get, they're going to put... And then there's a bit where Joe Pesci goes in to the prison to question the other lad... This other lad's never met Joe Pesci before. Uh, he thinks he's there to, um, you know, have some of that. We're going to do this. We, I don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. We're going to do it and get out of the way, OK? Now sit down. I think I'd rather stand if you don't mind. Uh, it's brilliant. Uh, we went through a gangster phase when I was in the sixth form. We all had gangster names. Oh, and... Guess uh, what mine was? Um, You'll never guess. Probably something um, pretentious. Correct? Oh, I'm close. No. I'm close. Oh. Go on then. Spanish jerky. Yeah, a bit pretentious. <laughs> Why would you? But you're Italian. Yeah. Well, sorry. Got, got a sorry, message. It's important. Got a oh, message. Excellent. Is it? What? I'll tell you in six months. Positive. Oh, okay. Oh, you've. Oh, no, really? No. Oh, no. You're, you're, no. She's having. Everybody is having a baby. Congratulations. Congratulations. Have a dolphin-assisted yeah. birth because those dolphins are so good at um, um, pulling babies uh, out of women. Listen, I remember a consumer case where a woman had her pelvis broken by a dolphin. You don't want to mess around with those guys. Wowzers. Starts out as fun and games. Everyone's bouncing the balls around, and uh, you end up squashed. I don't get those um, those um, big balls you're supposed to sit on. Steady on, Kelly. I had one of those. I gave birth on one. I don't get those back. They're supposed to be good for your back, but yeah. I find myself putting so much pressure on my back to maintain balance that I end up doing my back in, and it hurts you, worse. You're not supposed to use your back. Well, you've you got to use something. No, I'm using your core. Of oh, course. Do you want my ball? I don't need it anymore. No, I don't Slightly want it. Slightly soiled. They're a, they're a waste of money. Mm. We, we, they, they, first, here you go. This is my advice to first-time mums. Don't get the ball. The, bo- the ball is nothing but a waste no, of money. No, the ball was great. The ball was great. Don't listen to him. He, he was at the sh- wasn't at the sharp end. Don't get the ball. I tell you it's what you a waste do, of money. I went to the NCT class, and do you know what they told us beforehand? When you go into hospital, take your own duvet, maybe some pictures, some cushions, oh, things that smell like home, maybe some incense burners. You don't need any of that stuff. Don't take anything that you're not willing to burn Ta- afterwards. Take a CD player. We took a CD player. Well, actually, yeah, we could have done yeah. with that because all we had was a tape recorder in um, our delivery room and the only tape available, Cliff Richard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scientists. So, do people Sorry? remember what songs they gave birth to? Well, if, if we were um, uh, on another local radio station, we'd do that as a phone-in. Which, which one are ring in? Coventry and Warwickshire. I said it! Scientists have found a fossilised... A fossilised what? Ooh, it's six foot long. Oh. Scientists have found a fossilised six-foot sea scorpion, which lived 467 million years ago. Here's the thing, OK. Uh, the, you've got the creationists who say the world is only 3,000 years old. OK. okay. Then you've got the scientists that say, well, we've got something here that's 467 million years old. How do we know, and I know what you're going to say, but I've, I've got a comeback for that. How do we know that that's 467 million years old? Carbon dating. Right, OK, but what? Well, it's like uniform dating, but for paleontologists. But, 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 but OK, so we've built up this theory that we can carbon date stuff, but we've got nothing to, to prove. We have no proof that carbon dating is accurate. I think they have. Well, well what is the proof? I don't know, I'm not a paleontologist. Exactly. Is that someone who really likes Michael Palin's solo work? <laughs> 
it, we have not got the proof. Like if I did a late night show, we'd actually. get three hours out of this. Yeah. We have not got the proof. In fact, jot that down. If I ever do a late night show, three hours on this. I we have remember. not got the proof that carbon dating is accurate. We believe it's accurate. Scientists believe it's accurate. But they have no actual proof that that is 467 well, million years yeah, old. Yeah, they have, because it's a system. Otherwise, they'd just pull <laughs> a number out of the air. Catherine, you just said... Well, Maybe they have. How? Okay, what's the difference between 467 million and, say, 468 million years old? It's a million years, right? That is a massive um, uh, scope for error. Since when have you been interested in accuracy? Well, since um, I had to fill for the last three minutes. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, okay, let's go into this. Since since I had to fill for the last two and a half minutes. Since I had to fill for the last two minutes, 27 seconds. (laughs) She liked that one, too. Yeah. (laughs) I do like him. He is good. Um... Here we go. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, oh, it's the full movie of Sister Act in HD. Thank you, YouTube. Cops, cops are hunting. Now, this is this is local. Why have we not covered this? This is in Watford, in Hertfordshire. Oh, I've heard of this one. Yep. Co- All right, what's the story then? Um, a confidence trickster. Okay, give me more. In Watford. Did. Who got away with um, cutting off three branches oh, for 800 she, she quid. Yeah. Cops are... Well, I don't need to read it. Yeah. Cops are hunting. This is, I mean, fair play. I think we should respect people. People like this should be working for the government. Probably are. They're not. But they should be. Probably are. Cops are hunting two con men who charged a homeowner £800 just to cut three branches off a tree in Watford. I mean... With balls that size and cunning and wile, uh, you've got to respect that, haven't you? You've got to say, aye. Oh, they got me, but they got me in style. £800. Three branches. I mean, that is just... Um, expensive wood. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Mm. Well... Why did he pay him? Sorry? Did he pay him first? Probably. I don't know. If he paid him after, then ask just... ask ask Kath because she seems to know all about it. Why did he off air? Unbelievable attitude. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking at the M1 southbound, it's slow from Junction 12 for Flitwick where the roadworks are, and the M25 is also busy between Junction 17 for Maple Cross anti-clockwise to Junction 16 for the M40. In Beaconsfield on Amersham Road, it's slow between Longbottom Lane and the A40, and Huddersfield on the A414 westbound, there are queues at Pepper Hill approaching the Amwell roundabout, and on the A1 Great North Road approaching the Black Cat roundabout, it's very slow at the moment from the St. Neots Junction. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed that's it guys that's your lot thank you to glenn tilbrook we got there in the end didn't we don't forget there is a best of podcast of this show we get about eight thousand downloads a week there you go i've said it i've said it out loud i've said the numbers out loud therefore it must be real kiss those chuddies uh, if you want it you can go to the three counties website or you can um you can go to that there iTunes and type in Ian Lee and see what pops up. Back tomorrow at six. Until then, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, do you agree with Yvette Cooper that the UK should take in 10,000 migrants? 
Labour leadership candidate Yvette Cooper has urged the government to take a greater responsibility for the thousands of refugees crossing into Eastern Europe, Greece, Italy and France. She says Britain must be true to its values and history and take at least 10,000 people fleeing political turmoil in the Middle East. Ms Cooper has described Britain's stance on the immigration crisis as immoral, cowardly and not the British way. Well, this morning I want to hear your reaction to this. Do you agree with Yvette Cooper that the UK should take in 10,000 migrants? Here's my telephone number for your call. It's 03459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. So I'll take your call in just a second, but first let's get the latest BBC News at 9 o'clock. Here's Jessica Cooper. The headlines, Penn School to remain closed, MK Council working round the clock to tackle homelessness and new free schools for beds and hearts. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been confirmed Penn School in Buckinghamshire will not be reopening after parents and staff have spent weeks trying to save it. The special school went into administration in July, just two weeks before the end of term. Amy Clark raised more than £10,000 on a crowdfunding page to try and keep the school open for students. My sister um, doesn't have a school to go to, so she won't be um, starting a school this week. My mum's She's viewed the schools in the near area and there's nothing suitable in, in this area for Rebecca. My mum's going to have to start looking further afield, but we don't really know how that's going to work. Eurostar services are continuing to be disrupted after migrants trespassed on the tracks at Calais. Hundreds of passengers have been stranded on carriages and two trains were forced to turn back overnight. Eurostar has had to cancel two services today. Our reporter Frankie McCamley is at St Pancras Station in London. It's not clear how many migrants actually got onto the tracks, but uh, it's understood around 2,000 passengers were affected last night. One person on Twitter saying on a Eurostar, apparently surrounded by migrants, being asked to listen out for people walking on the roof. Well, those delays are still being felt this morning. People being told to wait and people are just queuing in the terminal behind me uh, to wait for the next service. So uh, uh, the, the advice today is to check before you travel. Milton Keynes Council says its officers are working through the night to try and house homeless people in the town. Charity Help Our Homeless MK says close to 150 people are in need of somewhere to live. Connor Edwards, who uses a wheelchair, was until recently living in a bin cupboard. He says the council weren't able to help him. I was out in the council offices, crying my eyes out, and they said, look, there's nothing we can do. We've told you that we, we, we feel, um, we've looked into your case, we feel that we, you haven't got a priority for housing. For us to help,